What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Force Sensitive. I have my co-host with me, Mr. Gort. Hey, how's it going? And I also have a guest today that I've been speaking to via instant messenger or Facebook messenger for some time, emails, etc. But I've never actually gotten a chance to actually talk to directly. And that's Mr. Esteban. Hello, everybody. There he is. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm glad to get the opportunity to finally chat with you kind of for real. Uh, I've appreciated a lot of our conversations and, and stuff over, over, you know, the course of this adventure. So thank you for coming. Oh, thank you guys for having me. So I'm excited. So not to waste too much time, let's find out what your first memory is of Star Wars. Well, before we jump into that, I okay. uh, yeah. just wanted to say today it is September 27th, and if there's something that's relevant when we're doing the show, I'd like to mention it. But you know, we have a couple birthdays today, uh, Star Wars birthdays. Uh, first off, Wilford Brimley. He is the star of the second Ewok movie. Fantastic performance. <laughs> See the axe, we also, axe guy? Uh, what's that? Is he the axe guy? That's no, the, that's the only no. one I remember. <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, he's the old man stranded on the on an Endor. Mm. Oh yes, 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 yes. You gotta yes. watch that again. No, no, I don't. No, I don't. No, I do not, <laughs> sir. I've never seen those. <laughs> now we also have Garrick Hagen and Dennis Lawson. So you know, blow up the Death Star, die at the Death Star. You mm-hmm. know, survive a lot of fights. Rogue Squadron. You know. We like these guys, Wedge yep. and Biggs, uh, and Jim Shooter. A lot of people don't like him. I have no problem with him. I think we had a good Marvel run from him, but he was very heavy-handed in uh, the Star Wars comics, you know, bringing that to Marvel. His last name is hard. Yeah. Just like Jim Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> good grief. Is that, so is that, is that, that what you got? Is that what you got? Yeah, that's what I got. And All with right. that, Esteban. What is your first memory of Star Wars? Okay, so I, I have it vividly ingrained in my mind. So my, my family owns a small business, and at the time, we were open seven days a week, nine to nine. My first memory of Star Wars is coming home from 7 a.m. mass, and before we went to open the shop, I turned on the TV so I could have some breakfast while everybody else got ready. I turned the TV on, and it's KTLA 5, the Sunday morning movie, and the screen is just a hue of, of pinks, oranges, and purples. And it's, it's the Millennium Falcon landing on Bespin. Hmm. And I remember vividly my hand is on the dial back when TVs had dials to change the channel. Right. And I, and I, was, and I, walked, I walked away from the dial. I sat down and I watched the movie from that point forward. Like my mom walked in. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, I think it's a show. I think it's a movie. I don't know. Right. And you know, and a Hispanic moms, they'll ask you, is it for you? Like they put it on you asking, <laughs> is this, is it, is this something you can watch? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure because there's like a robot and a giant dog right. and these two friends who are talking <laughs> and she's like, okay, I'm going to go get ready. I'm going to go check on your grandma. And I just sat there and I watched as much of the movie as I could. And I remember vividly looking at the stove to see what time it was because I needed to know what the name of this movie was. And I wanted to look at the TV guide <laughs> next time. Next time we went to the laundromat, the laundromat. That's awesome. I miss TV guide. I, like, yeah. I used to like the one that came like in the Sunday paper, like not the one that you had to buy 
but like you, at least here you got like a free one in the Sunday paper. And yeah. it was it was almost more magazine shaped than the the TV guide proper little one, if anybody recalls. Whenever we went to the laundromat, that's when I would that's when I would look at the TV guide and know what movies just passed or what movies are coming up, and that's how I knew the name of the, of of Empire. That's, that's an awesome way to find that out. I know. I remember looking in the back of the book always because you'd see like the list of movies for the week and. Like I remember trying to find Godzilla movies and, and shit like that when I was a kid. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to watch all the funny monster movies. I remember like every I, Sunday I'd sit with my dad and look through it and like try to plan what we were going to watch during the week. Like what was coming on when. Like, ooh, ooh Thursday we got to sit down and watch, you know, whatever, Karate Kid 2. I, I would do it for my mom because my mom and I would watch the I Love Lucy marathons. So mm-hmm. I would look out for when they had that or or the Gilligan's Island or Beverly Hillbillies, those marathons that they would just do all Sunday. And we had a little TV at the shop where my mom would just have I Love Lucy on all day. So I would keep an eye on that because I knew if it was I Love Lucy, I could watch TV at the shop. Right, 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 right. So you started with Empire. Yes. It's amazing to me how many people we talk to that did not start with A New Hope or Phantom Menace. Do you know what I mean? Like, the starting point is somewhere perhaps unintended. Well, I, I, I think it's because simply because those movies were, were, were so well accepted by the majority of the population. I watched it as a TV movie right. and they, they, they would run a star. And I, from that point forward for the rest of my life, every, every month, one of the three star Wars films was on the KTLA Sunday morning movie or the, the afternoon movie. Huh? Did you so what what year is this about? Um I was uh, I think it was 7 or 8 so it was mid 90s. Um So you kind of got into 95 was the uh was the power of the force line out? I I never I never I never got into any of the toys. I didn't know they existed. Right. Wow. Because I so I watched Empire and then and then the following month I watched Return of the Jedi because at the laundromat I saw that Star Wars was coming back but I thought it was Empire I thought they were going to show it again as a rerun and then I'm surprised that it's a sequel and so on and so on like the following month was A New Hope but I never I never associated the toys with the movie when I would go to Toys R Us or or KB Toys I went straight for Power Rangers and the X-Men and stuff like that. I never, I never even realized there were Star Wars toys. Well, I want, when did the power of the force line come out? I think it was the tail end of 95. So like, I wonder if like, because he got turned onto it kind of right at the end of the dark ages, if it like kind of wrote his destiny, so to speak, do you know what I mean? Like, because merchandising in Star Wars was like, they're always synonymous for my entire life with the exception of that era. You know, but you mm-hmm. you got into it when they they weren't they weren't going hand in hand necessarily. You know, yeah, that is curious. I wonder I wonder what the the impact of that is, the ramifications of that. I, and I recently asked my cousins because I have a, I have a strong clique of cousins of just the five of us that grew up together. We were always at each other's houses. I asked them before before um. We before Phantom Menace, did any of us ever talk about Star Wars, or did we all just secretly like it because it was this movie on TV? Right. And yeah, that was that's how it was for the five of us. We never talked about Star Wars. Me and my cousin Beto did because we were at each other's houses the most. 
So on Sundays, if the movie was on, we would watch it together. But we never associated toys with it, and we never talked about Star Wars with anyone else because you're a kid, and this is a live-action movie, so are you even supposed to be watching it? Huh. That is fascinating. So then, so then you watch Jedi next. Yeah, I watched Jedi next, and I didn't like it as much as I liked Empire because of the, the I, I didn't like the Ewoks. I didn't like the the the, the color didn't get me as much as, as as Empire did. So anytime Empire, uh, anytime Return of the Jedi would come on. I would walk away. I would leave it on, but I would walk away and grab food or grab my toys and stuff. I wouldn't pay attention to it. There were there are moments in in Jedi that I liked as a kid, like when uh, Luke and Vader first meet on the on the walkway. It's like, oh, I see that you have rebuilt your lightsaber. Right. I always thought that interaction was so cool. I don't know why. And you you you're talking about the literal color palette of the film when you say the color. Yeah, that is yeah, interesting. On my, on my tube TV. Because uh, it is a like Empire is a colder palette, you know, than Jedi. Jedi is a lot warmer. I feel like all the greens and you know what I mean. The green lightsaber, the green forest. Jedi is a lot, you know, browns and blues and whites. But the the lighting in the Falcon with the, the darkness with all of the lights, and it's you know later on when I finally got to see Empire from the beginning, the whole movie starts in stark white with stark white characters and then there's a black character roaming through just tearing stuff up yeah and you know you, you have this blurriness of white and then you have little aspects of color like the lightsaber when when han and luke open it on the snow planet you have bespin which to this day that that has a big impact on me i had my wife bought me a, a ralph McQuarrie print of of the the cloud city that i have in my living room and so that's always one of my favorite scenes of just the aspect of living amongst the clouds like the Jetsons, but in this <laughs> forever twilight. Did, did, so how was it your, how was your, like, your, your level of grasping it? Like, you know, cause you got thrown into it at a different time and then you saw the one after that. You still haven't seen the original. I'm taking it. No. Like, okay. So no. like. Does that does how do you can you remember or can you even separate it now in your head as to how that would have made sense to you or or what that world would have seemed like to you in comparison to how it seems after you see kind of the introduction of Luke and all that? It, it didn't make any sense. It was just <laughs> it was just it was it was just a movie that took place in space and the Emperor gave me nightmares right. as a kid. There are there are three things that give me nightmares even to this day. I'll have a recurring nightmare. It's Freddy Krueger. Uh, the Emperor and Jack Nicholson's Joker. Really, <laughs> I'll, I still have nightmares, and it's the same nightmare from when I was a kid. Well, what is it? Yeah, what Jack, is it? I gotta know. Well, well, it, uh, it, our living room was this big living room, and we had a door right right to the street. And the Jack Nicholson uh, dream is my dad opens the door, and he gets hit with a spotlight, and he just gets riddled with gunfire, and it and you hear the Joker's laugh, Good which grief. is Jack Nicholson's like. <laughs> And we all run to the backyard, and usually that's around the time I wake up. Good grief. Freddy, the Freddy Krueger nightmare is here in California. There's the Children's Hospital, uh, kind of like uh, Goodwills. And when my mom would take me to the Goodwill to like buy clothes and stuff, uh, she would let me rummage through the toys. And once I found something with a red tag, which would mean it was under $5, I would sit in the round 
uh, clothes rack near the register, like in the center of it, there was like an oh, X yeah, where I could yeah, just yeah, sit. Oh, yeah, 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 I did that. I did that. I definitely yeah. did that. So my mom knew while she was rummaging around the store, kind of looking for deals either for us or for my cousins or my aunts and uncles, she would just reach in and tap my head and be like, okay, let's go. My nightmare is that I'm in the chalk store, I'm in there, and Freddy Krueger is outside looking for me. Really? <laughs> and the Palpatine one, it's just his face. It's, it, it, he scared <laughs> the daylights out of me. When I would watch Return of the Jedi on TV at home in the kitchen, I would sit on the furthest part of the of the kitchen table because I knew the Emperor was about to show up. And it's just his face, and it's like melted and the lightning and his laugh and his his like calm and calculated cadence yeah. and so now you will die yeah 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 and it's, it's just it's, it's the boogeyman at so um oh, my my wife talks about cuckoos in the house yeah i, I don't even know what what is that i don't even know it's it's the mexican boogeyman Spirit. oh okay okay um, um it, well when you said the joker thing like you know i was thinking uh, when he burns that guy to death in like the mob meeting, yeah, like, like I can picture like you know getting crisped up by the Joker might be a nasty nightmare. Yeah, and I hope I'm not giving you a new one. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even remember that scene, but I will now. <laughs> he repressed it. <laughs> so, so did um, like uh, it's crazy to me to, to, to real quick. Did you ever when sitting in that X inside of the the clothes circle? Mm-hmm. did you ever come out of the X and couldn't find your mom? No, because I knew, oh, not in the not in the chalk store or the Goodwill. Um, definitely in other stores where I thought this is taking way too long, like the JCPenney and the Robinson's May. Uh-huh. I, would, I would go look for her instead of just waiting there for her. And I'm sure as a kid, time is different. I, I probably waited longer in the chalk store. Because I, I knew I was going to get a toy compared to being at Macy's or JCPenney where I knew I wasn't going to get anything. But, no, I never went to go look for it. I would always just stay in there until somebody tapped my head. And it's always funny when adults open up the rack and they see you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, hi, I'm just waiting for my mother. <laughs> I used to, uh, I, like, it was, it was common that I would hide in there and then I would come out and I wouldn't be able to find my mom. And I would, like, panic and think that I was, like, you know, abandoned or whatever like and and run through the store and you know what i mean like you get all hot inside you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. like when your body temperature like goes through the roof like stuff like that so i i just wanted to ask because i do i do recall that 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 kind of vividly as, as a kid i would get lost all the time one time we were at the swamp meet and my mom bought me like this power ranger poster with uh like the little sticky de- decals that you could put and remove and I got so caught up in looking at it that I lost my mom and, 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 and my brother. And I decided I have a really good sense of direction. I was like nine. I'm just gonna go sit in, I'm just gonna go sit in the truck. I'm gonna go lay in the bed of the truck because I know where it is. So I walked out of the outdoor swamp meet into the parking lot and I just laid in the bed of the truck while they're just going all over this quarter mile swamp meet looking for me. Now swap meet that's like a, a flea market. Yeah, flea market. Okay, I, I know California people talk about the swap meet all the time, but I, I've over here we just call them, the, I guess, the flea market. Yeah, it's just an an outdoor flea market. You know, everybody has a, a booth right, for right, right. You know, lack of a better time. So, uh, so okay, so let, let's find out this then. Does uh, when do you see the original Star Wars? Uh, 
90 days after I saw um, Empire because the TV guide said every 30 days <clears throat> they were going to show Star Wars on the Sunday morning movie. <clears throat> so you saw Empire, 90 days later you saw Jedi, 90 days later you saw Star Wars. About, about 30, 45 days in between each movie, about a month and a half between oh, each one. Oh, okay, 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 mm-hmm. okay, I got you, I got you. So then what was that like? Were, were you able to make sense of it? Were you able to put it together or was it like... Yeah, even- once I saw A New Hope, I'm like, this is the first one. <laughs> now it makes sense. Right. Why are they on this desert planet? What's, you know, I, I, I saw the desert planet... And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Why, 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 why? In my head, it was all still Earth. Right. Why is everything desert? Why is everything snow? I kept thinking, for, I, I remember talking to my cousins about it, and they told me that I thought it was all Earth, that they would go out into space mm. and then come back and land back down on a different part of the planet. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> So I, cause I didn't, ca- I'm like eight or nine. I didn't catch that there were different planets. I just thought it was the same planet, but in different parts, they were in the desert, they were in the snow, they were in the forest. They would just leave and come back leave and come back. So then did you enjoy, so after you'd seen all three, now, how did you feel about them kind of together? Once I saw all three, that, that, that was it. I was obsessed with watching them over and over again. And then my cousin Beto did the mistake of telling me that I could rent them at the at the video store, and that's when you know every time we went to the move to the video store, I would ask if we could get one, huh. and I would and I would just burn through them. What I would watch it, we return it, and you know whenever we went back, I would get the next one over and over I, until I made my family sick of Star Wars. Right. <laughs> so. All right, so now, now you now you're locked in. Do you like Jedi better now after seeing, you know, the the first one? Does it mean more to you or? No, I still no. I still don't. <laughs> I, I, it's still not my one of my favorites from the original trilogy. It's probably my third favorite from the original trilogy. I, I you know, there are parts of it that I that I, that I enjoy. Right. But it, that whole third act with the Ewoks, I just I, I didn't like it as a kid because I just didn't like yeah being out in the forest. Uh. And and then I didn't like the, I just I just didn't like the Ewoks. They weren't for me. Right, right, right. Okay, so now it's '96, and you've got. When do you find out that prequels are coming? Until '99, okay. when when all the merchandise starts to roll out, and my sixth grade teacher at the time, Mr. Lasoya, was a Star Wars person. He was the first adult that I knew that enjoyed Star Wars. Right, right, right. And did you, did you, and you, once again, you avoided the merchandise because they're not synonymous no. to you? No, this time I went all in. Oh, okay. All right, this, let's, let's talk about this, that. This is when I was all in on the toys. I'm in the sixth grade. I'm like nine or 10. I, I, I'm, I'm completely in on everything. And okay. every time we went to KB Toys, my mom would grab me one of the three and three quarter figures. I didn't know who the character was, what it was about, because I didn't see the trailer until l- once it was on rotation on TV. Right, right. Uh, be- on Sundays on ABC, they would have the the Disney movie, and they would play the trailer before the Disney movie. I remember it was like a big event, like the, the world premiere. Not the world premiere, but it was like, oh, here's a sneak peek at Star Wars, and it was the trailer and then like a little clip and it's like now we now we continue with the the Sunday Disney movie. 
Huh. Well, that was a bit ironic, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I remember it being on ABC. So what did you all? So what did you all like? What did you buy? What did you get into? What did you collect? Where, the, how, how was the, it? Uh, the all the three and three quarter figures? Okay. Uh, the uh, as many of the ships that I could get that that my mom would buy me. Right, right, right. <clears throat> um, at that time, there were a lot of re-releases of of the original trilogy characters. So my mom bought me like this seven inch. Darth Vader soft goods doll with a removable helmet. And that's the first time I really saw like, oh man, he's all messed up. Right, right, and, right. And then he, he's like, what happened to Darth Vader? That why is he so pale? And my, that, my mom explained to me that if you don't get any sunlight, you, you turn that color. <laughs> I'm like, what's this giant scar on the back of his head? When did he get that? You know, Luke didn't do that. The Emperor didn't. Does lightning open right. up your flesh? Right. Is that what lightning does? You know, that is, is a that, good, that is a good point. I was always confused by that too as a kid watching watching those movies. Like I was always like, I, I know it was supposed like late, like my dad be like, oh, because he's been in so many battles, that's why he looks that way. I'm like, that's what people look like when they fucking get in battles, like Humpty Dumpty. You know, yeah, like cause, yeah, because because yeah, fighting wouldn't explain. The bald head, or the, or, well, like when I watched it on TV, I understood he was pale. But once I got the toy, I didn't know he was that pale. He's like chalk white on TV. He looks like a, a a hue of kind of blue or gray. Right. But uh, and, but yeah. So the, the three and three quarter figures that that that's what I was into, and as many of the. The prequel and original trilogy uh, vehicles that I could get my hands on. Okay, and then you see the trailer right at, around the same time. What you said with the with the Disney movie, and what were your thoughts yeah. about? What were your thoughts surrounding that? Instantly, when we're because we all watched the, the the Sunday movie together as a family. My mom is like, "Why is the devil in your movie?" Because <laughs> I was so excited. I'm like, "Oh, this is this is this is this is what happens before." Before the movies that right, we rent all the time, and why, why El Diablo? You know, why is he in the movie? <laughs> right. And, and I'm like, I'm and, sure, and I'm like, I'm sure it's just an alien, like the alien that's in the cantina, that's also the devil. I'm like, it's just an alien. This is what he looks like. And and it's and like, I, you know, you went to you were saying that one of the first times you saw it, you were coming home from mass. So I'm, I take it you you came up in a fairly religious household. Yeah, I'm. I'm still a practicing Catholic, so no it was shit. a big deal. Good. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't know we did that anymore. I haven't met anybody from my generation because I was raised Catholic as well. And I, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm. I'm still a practicing Catholic. Mass every Sunday. Pray wow. before bed. Good for you, man. Mm-hmm. I, I got married in a church. Well, I got married in a church too, just not the Catholic church. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't going to go through all the classes. I was like, "Look, I'm not taking any classes from anybody who's never been married." Oh, I did my first communion and my baptism and and my confirmation, all that stuff. Oh yeah, I did all that. I did all that. Um, oh, you mean the the marriage the, the the marriage retreat? Yes, that that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was something. That was that was a lot of Jesus that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Too much, maybe. Um, well, I, I yeah yeah. Okay, so uh, back, enough about Catholicism. The uh, yeah. the so you see them. So you all right? So there's the the devil and all that all that imagery. And and I think, dude, I think growing, I, I, and I could be wrong. I don't really have anything to juxtapose it with. But like growing up Catholic, I do feel like um, it's the one. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. But in my mind, it's like the one Christian 
like denomination where like I feel like you learn as much about hell as you do about Jesus. And no, it, it, you definitely do because you have to learn about the consequences of stuff. Correct. So, like, I wonder if you know that's part of the allure with me with characters like Darth Maul and you know Darkness from Legend that like because it was just you know it was the it was the ultimate boogeyman of my childhood mm-hmm. and these characters that are just sort of you know in the ballpark if it doesn't yeah they speak, invoke it exactly if it doesn't speak to me on that level like i i i've often wondered if if that plays a part into it at all do you do you think about that at all or just talk? yeah no definitely the any character that looks like something you're not supposed to enjoy is always a better character <laughs> it's it's a more interesting character because it's like you're not supposed to enjoy this right, because right, right. it's bad but he looks so cool. Right, right, right. And and um, no, that's interesting. But yeah, but and also also like the mysticism of Star Wars is probably the only reason my mom would sit there and watch it with me because she related it to Catholicism, the yep. whole Force and the Jedi and yep. the, the way you know the this guiding hand. Mom was just like, oh, it's just, it's just Jesus. <laughs> it's just Jesus. Space Jesus. Um. So. Uh, let's let's continue on that path for a second. So, all right. So you see you see the the movie, and how old are you in ninety nine now? I'm, I'm having a hard time. Um, I'm like that. I'm like uh, I'm like nine or ten. Okay, so you're nine or ten, but the Ewoks didn't sit right with you at like six. So, mm-hmm. in in some way, I would say that you are more mature for your age in some regard, at least in your sensibilities, because like you were the target audience for the Ewoks. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and it missed you completely. So, how does one sit with you upon first viewing? I loved it. Really? I absolutely loved it. I, I from that moment forward, my obsession with Star Wars started. When I walked out of that movie, nothing else mattered. Not my X Men figures. Not my. Oh, I, I still love my Power Ranger figures. That was that was my big two: Power Rangers and Star Wars. That was it. I didn't want anything else. I, I at that time, you know, I, I had like Beast Wars Transformers and Power Rangers. Um, I had I had Batman the Animated Series figures. I didn't care about anything except for Star Wars, and I, I and I was more rabid for the figures that, at that point after the movie. Why do you think that was? What do you think it is about that movie that spoke to you? It's Anakin. Me being ten, going to the shop every day after oh. school. Feeling yeah. trapped, and this boy is whisked away to adventure. It, and uh, I had friends who would talk about, "Oh yeah, I went home, and then we just we just went and went to have fun. We just right, 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 right. we got to do something." And I'm at the shop in a uniform, you know, sweeping or helping my mom with paperwork and stuff like that at ten, running a business. So this idea of this boy going off to the greatest adventure of all time, becoming a Jedi, it. I was obsessed with Anakin. I had a T-shirt with his face on it. <laughs> no shit. That's how, but that's a- I was uh, there was a brown. It's a it was a brown. T- I, I remember it's a brown T-shirt and it's just a profile picture of Jake Lloyd that my mom bought me at J.C. and I wore that shirt every weekend. That's amazing. Like, um, you know, uh, so like, let me. I got. I got that, that. That just spawned a whole bunch of things I want to talk about now. So. Yeah. All right, so for one, did you find yourself getting defensive of him when people started becoming uh, critical of, of Lloyd's performance? No, I, I didn't. I wasn't aware of people being critical of, of, of his acting mm-hmm. until I was out of high school. Really? 
because all the people that I grew up with either in, loved it or they're like, I don't care. Right, right, right. Or by or, or later on by episode three, they're just like, it's not for me anymore. I enjoyed the ones we watched when we were in the sixth grade and we were in junior high, but I'm done with it. So I, no one really complained to it while I was growing up. So, so what about later on in life? Being as though it still has this kind of, you know, this super meaningful element to you. Uh, I, I just chalk it up to he's he's a kid actor. Right. Because I, I watch it and I don't see what people say that his delivery is bad. Because, me, you know, I, I don't know if, if right now you hear that I have a little bit of an accent. So sometimes I talk funny and I'm sure when I was a kid I talked funny. So when he says, are you an angel? I hear the, the 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 deep space pilots talk about him all the time. Right. When I was a kid, I thought that was smooth. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I can't wait till I use that line because I I was a dork. I was such a dork, and I thought that was that that's a good line. I'm gonna put that <laughs> in my pocket. Are you an angel? Did you ever use it? Did you ever get it off? I, I did use it once, and it did not work. Oh, it didn't land, huh? I, it did not you actually because I used it. I I used it. But I realized that once you quote, I hear the deep space pirates talk about all the time. Whoa, 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 whoa. You went that far? You just I went all the way. What? You should yeah. have just left it with, are you an angel? No. Nope. Yeah, nope. Did you, you have, have to did, say the whole line. Did you have a big brother? What the fuck is wrong with you? I had, a big bro- yeah. I, had, I had an older brother. But my brother hated Star Wars. He never talked to me about Star Wars. Right, but he should have told you to stop with the pirate talk and just go with the are you an angel bit. That would have been your, your shot to shoot, you know? Yeah, well, what oh, my, my, pirates and just not deep space. Yeah, man. <laughs> nah, I still. I was in junior high, and I just thought I'm gonna use this right now. I don't feel like you gave the line a fair shot. Now I feel like I feel like I want to. I want to. I want to. No, wanna. I think he gave it all the shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I I gave it my all. Oh, but it's like, it's like it's like that moment when you're like, I sh- why am I saying this? <laughs> but you just say it. That's fantastic. Okay, so uh, so you so you never. Uh, you, you you never felt defensive of him, even though he he he, he was meaningful to you. And did um like did you did you find anything about like like did does his rise and fall then mean anything more to you? Being as though you that you personalized it so much more. That that that's why the prequels are my favorite because of this character development of Anakin. And him being like this angsty teenager and this lost adult, I, I, I understand that people think it's bad acting, but the story as a whole, I just love it so much because I, I, I grew up with it. I, I, as I grew up, Anakin grew up. Right, right, right. And and, and it was an, and it it's the greatest adventure ever. Right. Uh, you know, and in in the, in the the prequels, they just mean a lot to me. So it's hard for me. Like, I understand they're not great, but I don't, I don't consider them bad. Like when people say they're bad, I just say, they're, well, they're, it's not that they're bad. They're just not great. Right, 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 right. Well, so like the Ewok I, movies. I never saw the Ewok <laughs> hold movies. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not go too far. Let's not go too far. But like, but the thing about the prequels is like, I think that, um, like you can, you can sit there and you can dissect the dialogue about, you know, this is unnatural and this is unnatural and this is a weird thing to say at this point. And, you know, all that stuff was, a, a kind of fine tuned, I think by, you know, George's wife back in the day, but the nuts and bolts, especially of the second and third one with the background of Anakin in the first one, it, it, and plus the political story that's being told, like it is a decent story. 
It's just mm-hmm. it's just maybe not executed the best. That doesn't mean that I don't love it like I love all of them. But the story is solid, I think. Um, yeah, the, and 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 that, that I remember episode one is the first movie that I got to see in theaters twice. The first time we all went as a family, no and sure. then. Yeah, we all went as a family. We watched it the first time, and then my dad was like, "Nope, never again. Nope." Oh, really? Enough of this at home. Yeah, my my dad my dad is not a sci fi fan. My dad loves World War movies. Right, he right, likes right. action films, stuff like that. But the second time I went, it was just me and my mom because she 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 enjoyed how much I liked it, and my mom would always take me to the movies to go see like the newest Disney movie and stuff like that. Right. Like you know, at the time, but see, and. My- Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Like, uh, yes. Yeah, so my favorite things. I, I like. I was obsessed with Anakin, and then Qui Gon became my favorite Jedi. It, the I had I had his lightsaber, and it it it's still one of my favorite designs because it's so simple and it has like that that hook design on it. Right, right, right. And well, just this guy that is part of the Jedi Order, but he's not. Mm-hmm. I just thought he was such a cool character. I think he's definitely one of still the 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 most standout characters from Star Wars since you know the original trilogy. Yeah, he 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 has a lasting effect for such a small amount of time that he was on screen, and he was kind of on to you know what what it took Luke 30 years to figure out way ahead of time you know like he was kind of ahead of his time literally in in his sort of understanding of the force and what the Jedi should and shouldn't be yeah it's like oh master you could be on the council if you only listened and he's just like nah I don't need that yeah and he's yeah. like well you know like at what point do you you know because like it's, it's the bigger question there I think is like at what point do you sacrifice your you know your whatever your moral standing your the way that you see right and wrong, your values for positioning, promotion, you know, whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, and like real later on, later on, like you see that he, his way was the correct way of yep. being neutral until it was time for action. And la- later on in like the Clone Wars cartoon, the, or the episode where you meet Saw Gerrera for the first time that, that happens where Anakin and Obi-Wan and, and Ahsoka train, but they don't get involved, and that's what kind of Qui Gon's teachings were. Yeah, you, you stay the course of the teachings until you have to take action. And and the coolest thing of of the the whole movie is Qui Gon not once took off his cloak until it was time to fight Darth Maul. Oh, that's a good point, dude. I remember watching that movie and like, why are they getting in the water with their cloaks? Have you ever been in a pool with a jacket on? What is wrong with you? I remember <laughs> right, it bothered right. me so much as a kid. But when Darth Maul shows up and uh, he, him and Obi-Wan, it's like, okay, it's time to make the donuts. Let's take this cloak off. It's time to get busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has like this cool stance where the blade is right up against his face. Yep, 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 yep. That's a good point. I never thought about that, actually. So that's a really good point. So they had a, that movie had a good, like a big effect on you. Like you, you, it, it, it did, you know, the pod racing, you know, I'm, um, we, our shop is auto mechanic. So the pod racing, I loved it because we have the Vijitos car club. It's an, it's a car club that just brings, uh, Chevy Bel Airs and all these classic cars and we soup them up or we rebuild them or we re- help them restore the engines. Oh, you're trying so, to check all the stereotype boxes like you and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> 
Yeah, I can't help what my dad likes. <laughs> and so the pod racer, as it turns the corner, it's like when a car has a turbo. It goes. Yep, yep, yep. And the pod racer does the same thing. And then the way that you slow down and turn by opening up one of the propellers yes. to get that air drag. I analyzed that that toy, the pod racer toy, so much. Because I I loved it so much the the uh, Anakin's pod racer. See, I I have a similar feeling with that because uh, my dad was a fireman and I grew up around the firehouse and mm-hmm. there was plenty of times where you know my mom was supposed to pick me up and she wouldn't, so my dad would have to take me to work and I would just be hanging out in the firehouse with like all these guys in in like some dingy <laughs> garage, you know. And when they would take the the trucks out, I was just to stay in this one room. And I could hear the trucks leaving, and they all had the Jake brakes, and it was, you know, as as they would slow down. And so when I watched the pod race, it it it, it gives me those feels as well, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. And Little, then and then Jar Jar. Yes. So, what were your thoughts on him? I I, I love Jar Jar <laughs> because I grew up as a Disney kid, so Jar Jar was just an alien Goofy, and uh, yeah. I, you know, and I love Goofy, but so he didn't. As a kid, he's the thing you're supposed to laugh at, so I laugh. Yeah, but what's funny to me about that is that he serves the same purpose that the Ewoks do, you know? And and for some reason, the Ewoks missed you, and Jar Jar hit you. And <laughs> I wonder what I wonder I wonder why that is. T- talk to me about why the Ewoks seem inappropriate or goofy or take you out of that world where Jar Jar is like, <laughs> oh, this makes sense. They don't speak English, even though Jar Jar doesn't speak English either. But just the whole, you know, Houtini kind of an aspect of the Ewoks. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like them. I didn't like the whole scene where they're like, "Oh, we're gonna eat you." But huh. uh, and and you know, everybody talks about how the the Ewoks took down the stormtroopers, but nobody talks about how they took they took down Chewbacca and everybody. Like, you're just going along with this facade that we're gonna eat you, where at any moment you could. Chewbacca could bust out of those restraints and save everybody. Yeah, that's true. That's a valid and point. I, I think I think that just the Ewoks. I just didn't like them. They were just like these little Care Bears that I, I I didn't like them. The baby was cute though. Would you agree? Yeah, the baby's adorable. Okay, good, 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 good. How do you feel about Jar Jar now? I don't mind Jar Jar, especially after reading in Chuck Wendig's aftermath that he becomes an outcast. And a joke among his planet, and he lives with the orphans by the river. You feel bad for Jar Jar. Yeah. So, so, th- so th- that strikes a nerve with me too. But it, it's kind of it's. I think that nerve that it strikes with me is more in regard to how I feel like it, it kind of messed up uh, Ahmad Best's. Like, yeah, you know, he, yeah. I, I follow him on Twitter. Whenever he posts behind the scene pictures of him having fun with Jake Lloyd, I feel bad about how people treated him, even though I would never treat him poorly because I enjoyed his character and Anakin's character, how people treated him to the point where he just, you know, he, he wanted to commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a bummer because like, man, n- none of that stuff is his fault. And none of that, none <laughs> of that stuff is Jake Lloyd's fault. You know, like Mm-mm. they're just doing what they're told. They got hired for a job and they're just doing their job. Um, it's, 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 and, and it also sucks because they, they, they spoke to the wrong demographic to determine their their worth. I agree. If they spoken to the kids who Star Wars is meant for, which everybody says kid Star Wars is meant for kids, 
but I, I think you see it. You, you absolutely see it, like with your kids and these sequels yep. and me with the prequels and you with the original trilogy. This 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 genre captures a younger audience. Yeah. Yeah. And like and I, I sometimes I, I think that we uh, can lose sight of that like it's it's the older people that really lose sight of that i remember when the prequels were out and everybody was acting like everybody hated the prequels you know and then i went to celebration celebration three and it was it was thriving with the children do you know what i mean and, and it's kind of mm-hmm. the same thing now with the sequels like people act like everybody hates them but then i went to celebration this year and like it's thriving like there's more yeah. kids into it than ever and they're all into the current thing it's uh it's interesting because it, it, it's it's our fault you know like we have to take responsibility for that for that for that kind of uh ignorance you know to think you know it's it's our hubris you know to think that we are the only ones that matter that we are the only ones that are spending the money you yeah. know it's kind of interesting um so you're on board you jar jar is good to go Jake Lloyd's good to go uh, mm-hmm. All that stuff. So you've, in my opinion, you've made it through the hardest test. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do, are you still collecting between episode one and episode two? Yes, I'm still. Anything that comes out that that my mom will get me, I I have it. Every and any, everything between a certain price point, I have. Like I, I had the the I had two Naboo fighters. I had the Pod Racer. Um, going into the uh, uh, Attack of the Clones. That's where I, uh, m- me and my cousin Beto became obsessed with the clones. Okay, talk talk about that. So the 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 idea of this massive army of of essentially Boba Fett's, we thought it was the coolest thing ever. Right, 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 right. And 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 the the Phase One trooper is is my favorite clone. No is kidding. My favorite my favorite clone, my favorite stormtrooper. That is my favorite armor. Like I, I have, um, I have a, a Phase One clone trooper helmet from when when they were when they were sold at the time, uh-huh. and I I still have it. I thought I thought it was gone forever, but my mom had it. She had saved it because uh, when when we were kids, as we we went in and out of phases with toys. Sure. When we when we would go to Mexico, my mom would put would give away our toys to to the kids in the neighborhood. Um, in, in, in Mexico, we have something called the posadas, and where we invite everyone in the neighborhood to come to the house. We pray, we sing, and everyone leaves with a goodie bag with peanuts, candy, and an orange. In those bags, my mom would put one of my toys from you know from America. Ooh, the, right, right, right. And 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 so when so as as certain certain so as episode two came out there were certain episode one characters i no longer cared about uh-huh. like the the like padme's pilot and captain tanaka and stuff like that i would give her those characters you kept to give C- away you, you kept co bibble though of course uh probably not i i, I <laughs> probably not i i think i a collective I just, disruption can mean only one thing abandon yeah <laughs> and <laughs> uh, yeah and so I, I, I would keep characters and get rid of characters as I went. My mom would be like, if you want more stuff, you have to get rid of old stuff. So I, I, my mom was very, very uh, – she was very much about not having too much, but playing with what you have. Okay. And, and there were just certain toys that I couldn't get rid of. So I, my, my collection was still 
always always fluctuating as i got older i would get rid of stuff and get more stuff are you still which that i'm way? still like that now i'm okay. still that way yep. in order to buy something new i have to get rid of older stuff like like right now with i got rid of black series to go into sh figures oh did you did you see the reveals yesterday or whatever yes my one of my favorite <laughs> things is seeing actors see their action figure for the first time it's one of my favorite things i haven't i don't know if i've i don't know if i've given that too much thought but i think i'm up for that though when uh, the best one is probably uh, is with a Woody Harrelson from Solo. Uh huh. He was being interviewed by by the Star Wars show, and they pull out his action figure. He's like, he, "There's actual genuine shock on his face. Like he didn't know this was gonna happen, and he's just and the look on his face of I'm an action figure is something that I I I, I dream about that that I'm important enough to be made into an action figure. Um. So, so you so you love the clones and you love the the first generation clones specifically. Do you find yourself mm-hmm. being a pro- and you love Jar Jar and you love Jake Lloyd? Do you find yourself as a as a man with unpopular opinions generally? Um, not not in my circles. In, in my circles, everyone kind of just accepts me for me. Well, well, that's, I talk, being when, accepting when, and having an unpopular opinion aren't necessarily the same thing. But it, it, um. Is it unpopular? I, I guess it's unpopular. I, I I've never really gone into anybody with it with anybody about the prequels. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I was talking to Gort before this whole thing started that when you talk to somebody about Star Wars, you kind of have to tiptoe around it first. There's like this dance yep. of finding out how much of a Star Wars fan are you? Yep, yep, yep. I because totally I love agree. everything. Right. I almost I'm I'm like ninety eight percent. I'm all in. Yeah. But how much are you? And once I kind of find out what it is you like, I, I can continue with this conversation in a cordial manner without touching <laughs> on certain landmines. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember any one of those dances specifically? Yeah. Tell me. Uh, tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. So once I turned eighteen, uh, I, I I started driving the the shop the shop delivery truck to pick up parts and take customers home. I would whistle. The either Duel of Fates or the Naboo celebration song. Of, ah, ah, I love the Naboo celebration song at the end of it. So does one. so does my wife, by the way. The, the trumpets and stuff. It, it has it has a little bit of of super of, of Superman in it. Yeah, and then it goes into the trumpets. It's just so much fun, and if, and so I would whistle it, and this customer was like, "You like the prequels." And instantly, I knew this drive was was lost. Right, like, right, I, right, 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 right. Nothing good can happen now. And I'm like, yeah, I, I like the prequels. And this is before the sequel trilogy had come out. Anything. And he's like, why do you like the prequels? I'm like, because the prequels are fun, and they're full. Of, they're full of characters that 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 make Star Wars better. And the look on his face was. It looked <laughs> like I had pushed him out of the car. That that's this look. This yeah. look of disgust. <laughs> and and it was just a quiet ride the rest of the time that I took him home. It was wow. like a twenty. Wow. He he wanted nothing to do with me, and I knew that he wanted to because at the time I drove my brother. My, my brother had given me, or my yeah, my brother had given me his ninety eight Silverado, and on the back of it, I had a Transformer Autobot emblem on one side, and on the other side it was it was the uh, Imperial logo. Huh. And I, so I knew that he knew I was a Star Wars fan, and he, and from that interaction, he probably wanted to talk to me about nerd stuff. Right. But the moment that he found out that I liked the prequels, he was out. 
he was out. He didn't want to talk to me. It's like, I can't talk to you. I, that always stands out to me of, of, of this person just doesn't want to know anything else about me, even though the sticker on my truck is an Imperial logo because I like the prequels that enough that I would memorize the Naboo song. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't talk to you. Yeah. And I think like, uh, I, like, I don't know. I, I would imagine, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's hard. Even if you, if you hate a movie, like a star Wars movie, I, like how can you hate John Williams score for it? You know, like I don't get that. I don't understand how you could like, cause one isn't necessarily indicative of the other. The dude has never made a bad, a bad star Wars soundtrack. No. Um, yeah. And, and John, John Williams is, is a big deal in my house because you know, my wife's favorite movie is Jurassic park. I uh, the Harry, Harry Potter, right, right, right. Superman. Every year we go see John Williams at the Hollywood bowl for like the past eight, nine years. That's awesome. Every last week of September, first week of August, uh, did I get that? No, last week of August, first week of September, right. he has a concert at the Hollywood Bowl. It's it, it's less and less him now. It's right. more his his, his uh, understudy now, which what what his uh, his his um his his teacher's son, something. Oh, really? Ball. Yeah. So. Uh, just a quick, quick, quick little story about about John Williams that I I love. John Williams fought to put the 20th Century Fox uh, uh, fanfare in front of Star Wars because that was made in the 1940s by his mentor, and then Fox had stopped using it for about 20 years. And he's like, "No, my mentor's music has to be in front of this movie." That's awesome. I huh. I, I and never then knew that. From that point forward, that's when they started continuing to use the 20th century the Fox uh, fanfare. I because never he's like knew that. this this has to be part of this movie if you want me to score it. Wow. That's awesome. That's, um that's interesting because I remember it being in front of so many movies but to like think that there's a stretch of time I guess before Star Wars that it wasn't in movies. Right. I, I'd have to kind of go look at that because I don't remember. I feel like it was always there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Um, I, f- I forgot where we were before we got into John Williams. Um, talking about. Oh yeah, the, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So let me let me share my story. My, let me share my story. My dance, right? Yeah. Um. So I'm at I'm at work and we're having lunch and I'm new and I'm I'm there's a bunch of guys and they're kind of sitting around and and there was a. Um, a, a fly and it kept like buzzing around i'm not sure if it was like a house fly some kind of insect and this dude finally got a hold of it and smashed it. everybody had been trying and missing and trying and missing and trying and missing and he got it and i said man i thought they smelled bad on the outside <laughs> and this guy looked at like he just shot his eyes over to me and said i got you and like him and I like immediately hit it off from there. But it was like this little delicate dance of this little I'm exposing this element of my life and my my passion. And if you know, you know. I don't know. It's a it's it's, it's a it's a funny thing, but it's a beautiful thing at the same time, I feel like. So uh, moving on to episode three. Or mm-hmm. I guess I guess what are your thoughts on episode two? Because we were just talking uh, about collecting. We didn't actually get into the movie. My, my wife just texted me because she's getting ready to leave for work. Uh, it's it's uh, that that um, 
Alfred Newman and John Williams and John Newman, they're they're very much master and apprentice and Padawan. She's like, send me a little giggling gif. <laughs> um, but my the the Attack of the Clones, there are parts that I, I like about it, but it's also not not one of my favorites. Why, um, why do you think that is? Because there's some there's these long stretch. When I was a kid, at least uh, at this time, I'm I'm in junior high. There's these long stretches that nothing really happens other than the development of Anakin, and I enjoy it for, for that. But uh, but the movie definitely uh, Attack of the Clones is definitely the one movie where it dips for plot and then ramps up with action. Correct. Dips with plot, ramps up with action. So I think because of that, it's one of the prequels that I don't always go to. Like uh, event, uh, I'll I'll put it on because I want to see the Camino scene. Uh, right, right, right. Because it, when when you know with, with, when Yoda and Obi Wan are talking about, oh, Master Master Obi Wan has lost a planet now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's that's fa- That's the first kind of glimpse that I got because I didn't read the EU of how the galaxy is, the outer rim, the uh, the the these parts of the gal the galaxy and um, the. It's like the outer rim, the unknown regions, and stuff right, like that. Right, right, right. Camino is in the uh, between the unknown regions and and wild space and stuff like that. So there are parts of that film that I really enjoy, but it is definitely not one of my favorites because there's so much plot that goes into it. Oh, one of the, uh, almost almost forgot to mention this. After after Attack of the Clones came out, and I talked to my cousins about it, we all thought Master Sifo Dyas was Qui Gon. Yeah, dude, I remember yep, yep. all of the theories going. I mean, like they were countless, you know, and it's definitely a huge thread that that kind of goes unwound a bit. And and uh, and I just I, I just you know we'll we'll get to it towards the end, but we I just recently recently watched the first six films with my wife, uh-huh. and watching Attack of the Clones with her was definitely the time where we paused it the most to explain stuff. Because it is so plot heavy, because it has to set everything up to make episode three better. Right. It has to do so much. I almost feel like that movie's less actual plot. It's just a lot of exposition. Well, everything with uh, er, all the setup with the clones and and uh, Anakin and Padme rekindling their love and the 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 aspect of there being another set of two. Um, Sith, um, the the uh, uh, the what's it called? Uh, Palpatine continuing to get more powers. The the clone army. Uh, it, there's so many moving parts in that film that really mm. set up the next one. That's true. I think that it lags a lot. It's probably a fault of editing, but I'm not really sure how they might do it better. Uh, one thing I can't say for sure on the DVD or Blu-ray copy, if you hit the skip button, it will skip Camino, 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 and you get all the good stuff. You're you're skipping the, you know, kind of Anakin portion, but you get like a more streamlined experience watching the movie. It oh. feels very smooth when you do that. Huh. That's interesting. What did you think of the uh, the Yoda lightsaber fight? We always try to touch on that because that's such a huge part of the whole kind of history of Star Wars. I feel like. And let's I, not I, forget his opening line. I am a puppet. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> put, put, put your tongue to mine. Re- rewatching them recently, I was I, I could have I, I couldn't remember. It's like wasn't he a puppet at the beginning of this movie when he's floating in the thing? 
but or was he always CGI? I couldn't remember because the, the movie had he, been altered so much. I think he was always CGI in the second and third one. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I, I, in the second or third, all CGI. Okay. I couldn't remember. Well, when that happened, I laughed in theater. I laughed so hard because I'm like, that makes so much sense that he's like this little ninja sloth. That, 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 ninja that, sloth? Yeah, like this ninja sloth. That it's like. It, <laughs> At, at this time in junior high, I had already started watching <laughs> kung fu movies like Jackie Chan's Drunken Master. To, to see Yoda go from this crippling old man to this kung fu master by doing all these flips, and it's like, of course, he's this tiny little guy. He has to use the force to, you know, jump on the walls and do these backflips. And you know, and, and poor Christopher Lee, he's he's over here acting his butt off in Academy Award winning yeah. Christopher Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Acting his butt off against this CG, this CG thing that's not there. Did you, did you, did you at all think it was goofy? Because that was what you know. That was kind of the criticism at the time. It was kind of fifty-fifty. People thought it was awesome, or people thought it was goofy. No, I, I thought it was awesome. For me, it made sense that made that because, like I said, the the whole drunken master aspect that you know, the drunken master has sake to become a badass. Yoda uses the force in these small bursts to energize his his little frail body to right. be a badass. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And his, you know, his midichlorian count is much higher than anyone else's except for Anakin. So yeah. he he can do anything, right? Like put lightning in his pocket. <laughs> right, <laughs> he does do that too. <laughs> lightning in a bottle. He's like, nah, I'll put it in my pocket. Yeah. Um, what about all right? So we moving on to episode three. There, there's one question I I don't always ask people. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you kind of have a reverse experience where you really like episode one and you're not crazy about episode two, one of the vibes that I remember picking up on around that time were, were, were in the ether was kind of like, I need episode three and I'm kind of hearing it now with nine. I need it. I needed to save it for me. Like the kind of became mm-hmm. part of like the language, like can, can episode three save the prequels and all that? Did you have any of that feeling at all going into it? No, mo- moving into episode three. Um, the conversation between me and my friends where it needs to be enough to where there is this time skip all the way to episode four. That's all we really cared about. Will they give us enough? Because at the time, this is the last Star Wars movie. There is no episode seven, eight, and nine. That's right. it. Right. Three, right. and that's it. These six films is all we're ever going to get. So, you know, it, it doesn't have to save the previous two. It just has to be good enough to hold me off because that's it. We're done. There's no more Star Wars after this. I've never heard it in reference to the prequels, like three saving what had oh, been done dude, with say, for the first one or the second one. But the media engine was so strong at the time. I feel like all that was already saving it. I never, like me personally, I would never have stopped to think that this movie needs to be better than anything because everything else was so great. Well, so- all the games and, yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah but I, I remember, like, you know, I remember, I remember the prequel hate clearly like vividly and i remember like when, around the time three came out it's like uh, well hopefully they can pull it all together because the first ones are so bad i mean i remember when people kind of changed their 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 tune from the the yoda sequence being great to the yoda sequence being goofy like that it was almost overnight like when we walked out of the theater uh my friends and i Nobody, like, all we wanted to talk about was Yoda being the baddest Jedi user, like, a force, I mean, lightsaber wielder of all time. And Mm -hmm. then, like, within, like, within, I'd say probably within the month, you started hearing a little bit of, like, actually, maybe that was dumb, you know? And I just, I just remember it being a thing. Like, I remember it clearly. 
so, so I don't know. No, I didn't get any of that. And then, you know, you know, we mentioned it before with the dialogue in episode two. That doesn't bother me because, like, I was in junior high. I was I was in drama. I was in drama club. I was very much into Shakespeare, and George Lucas considers him uh, himself a Shakespeare. <laughs> so that whole awkward interaction between them, with the way both of their cadences change only when they speak to each other, he was trying to invoke a Romeo and Juliet kind of vibe, but like, and in this moment where Anakin, coming from nothing, has to up his speech and and cadence and 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 Padme just has to remain as herself just like in Romeo and Juliet where when they're together Romeo's demeanor and his speech pattern changes hmm oh, and so and, like, you, like and you definitely see that in in, a, in the next one with so love has made you blind oh, that's God. that's so Shakespeare right there because she is just busting him like trying to knock him around a little bit in in this playful, my my vocabulary is higher than yours kind of way, and you just see Anakin kind of like, uh, why did what did I say? How do I have to throw, go through gymnastics to save myself? Like every, every guy that's been in a relationship knows that that also that dance of we're playing around, but I can't play too much. Yeah, no, I I hear you. It's just that that, that one's. That one's pr- that one's probably the hardest bit of dialogue I have swallowing in all of the prequels. It, is, I don't is, mind. It's it's not the love has made you blind, but it's the I love you noise because I love you is like oh, God bless. And then you know the <laughs> Anakin slaughtering the Sand People. That was for me. That was such that was such a big moment for his for him becoming yeah a man. I'm with of you. Just becoming becoming the ruthless killer and and being able to separate his Jedi path with his emotion. Like he just can't let go of the past and his past drives him. I'm with you. I'm with you there. I I, I think that scene is a lot more powerful than the kind of j- joke it's seen by as for, for, mm-hmm. by some, you know, I, I agree with you. there. And, you know, when he comes back with his mom draped up and he just walks past everybody, like, don't, yes. don't talk to me. Yes. Don't look to me. You guys did nothing. Yeah, she was right there. Yep, and I and I love when he's like trying to find her, and the kind of duel of the fates music is playing, and mm-hmm. he's like he approaches that Jawa, and it's kind of the Darth Vader silhouette with his hair in the ponytail and all that. Like, all of that works for me. Um, so so what was your reaction to episode three afterward? So episode three is really special to me because me and my friends decided we're after school. I'm a senior in high school at this time. After school, we're going to go straight to the movie theater and we're going to wait in line to go see it Friday night. And at the time, uh, you know, I, I had asked like maybe two months in advance. I told my mom, I can't go to the shop after after school because I have to see the last Star Wars movie. But, but um, I'm going to go with my friends and my mom is super you know, protective. She has you know, my best interests always sure. in mind. Sure. So she was like, which friends? So she knew it was my friends from elementary school and the new ones that I made in high school. So they, my brother picks me up and drops me off at the, at the, at the movie theater just to see who I'm there with, to make sure that I'm not there with any, you know, any vagrants. Any, r- any riffraff. Like any riffraff. With the exactly. clowns I'm, from I'm, out of town. Exactly. Make sure I'm with the nerds that I'm always with. <laughs> right, 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 right. And, and, you know, and my brother's, my brother's ex-wife at the time, she, she thought this was really cool. She wasn't into Star Wars, but she brought me 
a lawn chair. So I'm not just standing the whole time. She brought me like two or three lawn chairs and she told me, oh, around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I'll come back and I'll pick them up. That way you don't have to lose your spot. Like it was a really cool like yeah. moment right there. Yeah. Like a little bonding moment. Yeah, for sure. And it was me, my best friend since kindergarten at the time. And I don't talk to him anymore. Uh, That's my, my current, my current best friend. Yeah. You know, a bunch of stuff happened with him. My current best friend uh, and just a bunch of people that I knew loved the prequels that I had met in high school. Right. Uh, when I when I went to high school, I got transferred to a high school where I knew nobody, and little by little, the people that I knew got transferred there. No kidding. Uh, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> when when it was time for me to go to high school, the district lines were changed. Right. So instead of going to California High School, I went to La Serna. And so when I went there, it was a fresh start for me. Nobody knew how, how anything about me, so I could just be myself. And I just kind of let my nerd flag fly nice. without, without feeling, like, repressed by it. So I was just myself the whole high school. And that's where I met a bunch of the friends that I – oh, well, at least one friend that I have. I still have now, my best friend. <clears throat> so we're all there. We're all getting ready. It's, it's, it's almost time for them to let us in. We go across the street. We buy Burger King, and I put the sandwiches and the chicken sandwiches in my cargo shorts, and we sneak it in. <laughs> we sit down. The fanfare comes up, and instantly, it's this space battle that's in all these different directions. And there's these two little ships, a red one and a yellow one. And once I see that Anakin is in the yellow one, I, you know, I, it's hard for me to admit, but I cried a little bit. Really? Because his ship is yellow like his Naboo fighter because he cannot let go of the past. Mm. His ship is yellow because he's always that little boy that saved Naboo, that saved Padme. That's why his ship is yellow, at least in my head headcanon. Guess what is in my head headcanon now? <laughs> and, it, it, and it sucks. It's like these, these little rebellions that he has to not let go of his past even though he's told to. Right. And I and I and I lean over to my friends and I go, his ship is yellow, and they're like, "What? I don't understand. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does it matter that his ship is yellow?" And he's like, "I'll tell you afterwards." That's awesome. And and you know, and, and then the rest of episode three happens, and I'm just like, "This is the greatest movie of all time." When I walk out of it, obviously on my second and third view, I'm just like, "This is a good movie. It's not the greatest movie of all time." But at that moment walking out with like six friends and we're all just talking about it of how how like at that moment all of these things flood into my mind that that darth vader action figure that i had and his scars i thought that after episode one i thought he must have gotten it from a pod race as a teenager that's how he got the scar on the back of his head because he's a pod racer he's a racing kid like 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 james dean he just skidded off one time and he has this nasty scar in the back of his head but no it's like all these pieces starting to connect uh, obi-wan why he, obi-wan has darth vader's lightsaber yeah you know yeah, yeah. darth vader did die that day and he anakin did kill vader because anakin for love and for and for the death of his mom he killed that little boy on tatooine to become vader like everything just became like it it made sense yeah, 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 yeah. No, and I, I love, I love, I love how you identify with that character, man. I really, really do. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of taken back by it, honestly. So, yeah, a, go ahead, go ahead, <clears throat> go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, and okay, I'm trying to like right now in my excitement because I don't get to talk about Star Wars with too many people. <laughs> right. No one in my immediate family loves it right. as much as I do. 
And so, so I know I'm missing a bunch of stuff that I want to talk about, but I can't. Uh, I can't remember. Well, we can always we can always come back. We can always come back. <laughs> but um, what? So let's let's move on though, because I want to make sure we cover all bases, and we're, we're 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 having great conversation, which is awesome. But I do have a limit of time, so let's move Sorry. on to the Clone Wars a bit. No, you don't apologize. Let's move on to Clone Wars a bit. Did you get into that at all? Yeah, the cartoon before episode three, as well as the anime, the animated show afterwards. What about and, the- and, and it was and it was simply I watched the movie. I went to the theaters to see the movie, yeah, and I didn't sense. mind it. I I was very much against the addition of of, of snips of Ahsoka being added to the canon. Right. Of like because well, it, it's like in times of war, the laws are changed, so that's why Anakin can have a Padawan, and it makes sense because at the time, you know, it's like the war in Iraq, and all of these presidential powers are extreme, just like the Chancellor, and and so you understand that a Padawan, uh, a Jedi Knight, could still have a Padawan, but you grow to love that character so quickly. By by season two, you're like Ahsoka is awesome, and yeah. then it, it's and then once it goes into you know the the show with the Mandalorian, the planet of Mandalore, and all of that canon comes out of of how it really is. It's not just a bunch of Boba Fett's running around. It's this civilized place, and these clan members are stranded on their moon, or not stranded, but exiled to the moon. Right. And it, yeah, the the Clone Wars, and that just because of the cartoon, the Samurai Jack cartoon, and the Clone Wars, it, it also made my love of the clones that much more my, my cousin Bethel shares my love for the clones and he has dozens maybe hundreds of three and three quarter clones anytime he goes to walgreens or or cvs or whatever he sees a, a clone trooper he'll just pick it up right he has he has probably a hundred clone troopers just wow. lined up on this table he glues them onto the this board and he just has them all lined up and they're all you know they're all different they're all holding their gun the um, so so you you like yeah 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 you're just kind of in you're all in which I dig um, I I am all in uh, and it's like wait we get more Star Wars and, and it's on Cartoon Network which at the time we we did have it because of my younger brother we had cable for him but I know anytime Clone Wars came on that's when I would watch it so, and I started to build a bond with my little brother over Star Wars see that's fucking cool too what about uh what about the Disney buyout how did you feel about that. I I thought it was great because I, I I instantly bought into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. And you saw the jump in quality going from Captain America First Avenger into Ave- Avengers. Right. Like that jump, the 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 marketing jump, the the action figure jump, the just the quality of a movie the that it was. The budget just went through the roof. So I w- I was all in with that so i just knew the same thing was going to happen to star wars it was gonna be great it, the the budget would be there to make anything we'd ever want to see yeah yeah that's that's probably still true w- what were your thoughts upon seeing seven for the for the first time uh, well i i uh, when when i watch a movie i turn my brain off so i i usually try not to analyze it un- unless something really sticks out to me uh-huh so on first viewing, I didn't see the A New Hope parallel uh-huh. until walking out, and I don't remember who who has said it. And I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But watching the movie, I didn't I didn't see it. Right, right, but, right. But at watching episode seven, 
I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you yeah. know, that whole movie is carried by by Daisy Ridley. Yep. <clears throat> Just on her charisma and her charm and how much you identify with that character being kind of like an Anakin and Luke, where yeah. it's just another kid stranded that wants to get away. Yeah. And then at the and then you, and then you're met with this punk that's kind of like emotional in this mask, and you don't. I I didn't like Kylo until the fight in the snow. After he gets shot by Chewie, <laughs> right. that character after that character shoots up for me. He, the the way he you know and even the way he carries himself changes after he kills his father. Spoiler alert! Right, right, right. So, so, so. Wait, what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about that. What, 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 what? what, what well, yeah. But what about what? What about that? What talk? To, how do you see? How do you view that change? So, like, you, you uh, uh, Kylo is portrayed a certain way throughout the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. You feel like his position. In the first order, whatever the first order is, is only there because of how strong he is, and because he, uh, you know, like his potential, his almost his potential for strength, his potential for yeah, greatness. Yeah, he's okay, he's okay, not okay. a Vader, but he is better than a Darth Maul. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm following you. Continue. And, but and he, you know, he he he's destructive. He, he he's constantly killing. You know, he kills. You know, he destroys he destroys that that computer console, which I think is the the thing that everybody right. ru it rubs in the wrong way. What girl? Uh, when when they're doing the the mental fighting between him and Ray, all of that is just to set up Kylo as like this undeserving of his place kind of character. Right. Until he kills his father. Once he kills his father, and then you see the savage come out of him because. Adam Driver is one hell of an actor. I he agree. went to Juilliard. He was a Marine. He knows grit and pain. I so agree. when he's hitting his stomach, kind of to like rile him up, because fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. And I'm suffering because I just got shot in the stomach by my uncle, who is one of my, you know, my dad's best friend. And this girl has this thing that belongs to me because I idolize Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker. I'm going to kill her, and I'm going to take what's rightfully mine. And it, it, the, his stance and how the blade, he he drags his blade like a claymore, even though a lightsaber is weightless. Right. Yeah, I love but how his seems heavy. It does, but, and, but if you really think about it, if you add some of the lore from Star Wars Rebels or the books, they say that a lightsaber becomes lighter as you become one with the Force. Because his lightsaber has a broken kyber crystal in it, and he, he himself is constantly struggling, struggling between the light and the dark, it's a possibility that's a heavy piece of metal in his hands. And, and he rests his hand like a claymore because of his heavy swing, because of his fighting stance. Right. And how, how brutal he is in that snow fight against Rey, it's such a good fight. Like, I, that's, that fight in the snow is going to be hard to top in episode nine. I, 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 hmm. Like, at least for me. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think exactly how I feel about that. I'm trying to, like, because it, it, it doesn't seem wrong, right? It, I don't have this, like, adverse reaction to what you're saying. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I think there's some emotional stuff that'll be hard to top. 
but I don't yeah. know if the actual choreography will be hard to top. I guess is where my head goes with that. Yeah. Well. well yeah. What we'll, we'll, we'll makes that all the I, encounters that we've seen though, like you go from that one and then right into the throne room scene, like there's a weight yeah, and an emotion to yeah, both of these events. There's this, right. there's this and, intimacy yeah, between there's them. There's a different kind of choreography based on uh, head count there. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious if we'll get really a one-on-one -on -one or some kind of, you know, big presentation. Right. Well, from, the, from the little the, clips that we've gotten with the teaser, you know, there is going to be a, a fight. Whether that fight yeah. is as emotionally heavy as the previous two, well, you know, we'll see. Yeah. But that's yeah. why I'm saying yeah. that that in that that and uh Ray's hatred for Kylo for killing Han and his hatred for her just existing. It's this <laughs> it's it, it's it's this it's this intimacy that 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 fight is on a different level of of both of them want the other dead and you see it in the way they fight. Yeah. Because yeah. she's trying to survive until she becomes until she taps into the force and she she begins to understand the blade. But he is just putting all of his weight and his force power into each strike. There is no finesse in his fighting until late until the until episode eight where he fights Luke. There's so much finesse and 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 agility in his fighting style because he harnesses his anger against Luke versus how he didn't harness his anger against Ray because he was in pain from the blast in his in his stomach. Yeah, I'm 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 in total agreement there. I love I love that uh, that that fight in particular, but <clears throat> we'll get there. But um, see, I I, I think I, I guess you're ultimately right. I guess you're ultimately right about the change in Kylo. In, in my head, it's 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 the kind of stuff that he goes through in eight that changes him. But you're right. It's probably when he takes that shot and then has to fight for the first time. Because that, for all we know, I mean, I, and I haven't read the comic. I know the new comic is out. I, I haven't read it. But for all we know, I mean, that's really his first real fight. Yeah, I'm sure that he slaughtered all of the younglings on Luke's training place because he's, you know, he's a Skywalker. He, you know, he's like like Luke says that, you know, he's the he's the new heir. So I'm sure he was very easy for him to slaughter anyone at, at Luke's school. So this is the first time he's actually challenged because he's challenged. He's fighting with one hand behind his back. Right. Because he's shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's move on. Let's move on to Rogue One. Okay, talk Here, to me. Talk I, to me. I guess I guess I I might have unpopular opinions, but I'm not going to court. <laughs> I told you, <laughs> I don't. I like Rogue One. Okay, but I don't love it. Why? And and it's it's gin, and I, and it's not because I'm against women or anything right, like right, that. Right, 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 right. She doesn't sell me. The turn when she when her father dies and she turns, I don't buy it. I needed more time with Jin. Hmm. Like I, 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 people blame her acting on it, but she is the character she's supposed to be through the whole film. She is, she is reserved, she's cold, but she's still able because of her upbringing with these extremists. But instead, but they don't give me enough from when Saw Gerrera finds her to where K two S O finds her. That I needed something else to show me to make me sympathize or identify with her. Okay. I, and I, I seeing yourself in films is, is sometimes important. That's why I think I like the prequels more than the original trilogy. I don't see myself in Luke, where I do see myself in Anakin, simply because of the age that I was at the time compared to Luke. The scene at the beginning of uh, Rogue One, 
with Cassian and he, he shoots that guy in the back because he just needs to get out of there and can't be compromised. That's a scene that really informs you about that character. You don't have that with Jin. You don't have that with Jin. That's something that we did need. And I do agree. Her performance, I think, is great, but I don't love that character. And that's the only thing that's that for me, I don't I, that's the reason I don't love the movie. And it upsets me so much that I don't mm-hmm. love this movie. I saw this movie four times in the theater because I saw it first the first time with my wife and I loved it. And then a second time I watched it with my little brother and I started seeing that I, I don't love this movie. Mm. And then the, the third and fourth time. I fell asleep in the theater. Oh wow! From from when they land on Jeddah until Saw Gerrera gets taken away by the the blast, like that whole part, that whole scene on Jeddah, I it, it doesn't speak to me. It's so maybe funny, and it doesn't speak I, to Gort either. And it's my favorite maybe, sequence of that movie. Like I don't know how how old Gort is. If Gort's closer to my age or 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 he's older, so you're close. You're close to my age. It's possible that because we grew up in this time of war. But you know, I don't know if, uh, if if it's the same with Bobby. That seeing that guerrilla warfare does nothing for me. The way that Saw Guerrero's guys take down the tank trooper and and stuff like that, or even the the how Baze and Chirut take out all the stormtroopers. None of that speaks to me. Like I don't I don't care about it. Hmm. I don't love Rogue One until the Jedi Count, not the Jedi Council. The Rebel Alliance denies Jin. And then she gets a ragtag troop of people to go on this mission. That's when now I'm all in. Now it feels like Star Wars because you have this small group of people and aliens going in on a mission to save the galaxy. You have space fights. You have uh, you have espionage. You have you know good guys dressing up as bad guys to to get into an imperial you know uh, secure place. Like from that from that moment forward, I'm all in. I'm running on all cylinders. Um, Admiral Raditz is my favorite alien from all of these movies. Is your favorite what? Like, uh, my favorite alien. No kidding. Ra- uh, uh, Admiral Raditz, you know, you know, he he's for me he's much cooler than Admiral Akbar because of his little because you see him in action. Where Admiral Akbar, you don't really see him in action. And then later on, you know, Akbar's ship is called the Radis, I, I believe. I, I think I, I read that somewhere in a book. So uh, he, is it? Is that that's a retcon? I, I remember somebody somebody ship is re, is renamed. Yeah, somebody's ship the, the, is called the Radis. The Radis but why? Can't because I, of, of Admiral Radis. I think it's I think it's it's Akbar's ship. But I think it's Akbar's ship once he becomes Grand Admiral Akbar in the in the sequel trilogy. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. But Radis being up there on his little swivelly chair organizing the rebel fleet, I <laughs> yeah. thought it was so cool. And, yeah. I, and, I, and that is an aspect I think is missing from the sequel trilogy is the badass alien other than Chewie. Right, like, right, right. You know, because because my generation grew up with Ahsoka and, and Hera Sandula. There's this alien. This is there's always an alien that's a badass that's. But that comes along with the crew. And for me, you know, Radis is that in that movie. Hmm. And then, you know, here comes Yellow Squadron, and it's all footage from the original trilogy. Yeah. And then the but but then and then the the new Y Wing uh squadron, which is like a whole female squad that they that they changed up. Or, or uh, speaking of the of the ships, going real quick back to the prequels, I mean the I mean the, the sequel trilogy. Uh 
when I left um, episode seven, I thought Poe Dameron was from Naboo because you have this ace pilot that's a badass. And in my head, I'm like, oh, he's probably from Naboo because he grew up with the idea that this little boy and his droid took down a, a, a blockade. Right. But then you find out he was born on Yavin, and I thought, oh, that kind of kills it for me on, on Poe Dameron. He should have been born on Naboo with that legend of the little boy yeah, that, that took been cool. down that a, a blockade. Cool. What if he that was born on Alderaan or something, like one of the last children of the planet? Or like, there's a lot more meaningful things you can do than Yavin. Yeah, I, I well, for me, it was just because Poe and and his relationship with BB-8 is such a big part of the story. Having that idea of a kid and his droid be inspiration from Anakin and R2 would have been more meaningful to me for yeah, Poe Dameron. I, I do think that the the current Lucasfilm staff. Like in their mind, they're like, we have to connect this to the original trilogy somehow, but they don't necessarily think about all the possibilities. And yeah, I think I more think often than not, they, they think that we have to we have to connect this to episode four specifically. Yeah. <clears throat> and then in Rogue One, you get to see C-3PO and R2 on Yavin before they go off and they see you see Bail Organa, which in that film, he looks like he hasn't aged a day. <laughs> right, I don't know if they, right, right. I don't know if. He, I don't know if they de-aged him like they did with Tarkin and Leia, but it's like when I saw him, I'm like, oh look, it's Organa. Yeah, that dude's just got good genes. Tarkin being in Rogue One was so cool. Yeah. You know, luckily it wasn't spoiled for me when when I went in. So when I saw him in the reflection, I thought, that's cool. Yeah. But he's not gonna turn around. And then he turns around and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, it's yeah. Tarkin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, same. So after Rogue One, I figured out that I didn't like it. I saw it four times in the theater, and then once it came out on digital, I watched it another three times, and I couldn't get myself to love it. So I read Rebel Rising, which talks about Jin right before she gets picked up, uh-huh. and, and and when the Senate gets uh, terrorized by Saw Gerrera. It, it made me like her a little more, but not enough to where I enjoy that film more. But the one that I recommend everybody read is Star Wars Catalyst. Uh, I think it's called Catalyst, a Rogue One story. That book, you go into it thinking it's about Galen and Jin, but the whole book is a chess game between Tarkin and Krennic, and it's so good. Oh, it's it's probably one of my favorite new reads. I do it's love. Nice to have go ahead, heard go ahead. that too, because I didn't want to read it because I thought it was a Jin story. So I like that it's. About characters that it's I do not, want more from too. Like like you're reading and it and it's all about Galen. It's about Galen Urso and his and him trying to make a synthetic kyber crystal because that's no longer canon. Synthetic kyber crystals are no longer canon. <clears throat> the way that kyber crystal works is there's a kyber crystal, and if you want a red one, you have to bleed dark force into it to make it red. That's it. There's no more synthetic crystals. So he's trying to figure out how to make it by going to these different planets that have different resources. And then finally he's like, no, I can't. The Republic becomes the, the empire and he, and he gets a hold of Kyber crystals, but the whole time he's being played by Krennic and Tarkin by the, in this cat and mouse, because Tarkin hates Krennic. Tarkin rises through, between the Tarkin book catalyst, the Thrawn books, and maybe even aftermath, you see Tarkin as a much more menacing person. And much more calculated, which makes which enriches that character much more. I uh, I mean, I think I, I I personally I think fucking Krennic is fascinating. Anyway, like he's I, a cool character because yeah. his rank 
and his because his rank has nothing to do with that placard on his chest. He's not supposed to have a cape, but he wants it right. because he's an right. architect. He's in in the Catalyst book. It explains that his ship is an older ship because he likes it more aesthetically than the new Imperial versions. His gun, you know, he's like a you know the the mean way of putting it is he's a hipster, but actually he's more of a you know he's very architecturally minded. The same thing with uh, the way he built the Death Star. <clears throat> but his gun is an older model gun. The you know he, you know he's not supposed to have a cape, but he likes it. And his ship is is an older model ship. It's all these little things that enrich his character, right? And with, with the whole idea of him being a director. Yeah, and I love uh, you know like I've, I've mentioned on here before, but like I, I love how his accent isn't quite right. I love how he has to like all the Imperials wear gray, but he has to wear white. Like you will yeah. recognize, you will notice me. I am somebody. Right. Well, because ISB and the Grand Admirals are the ones that wear white, but he's part of the this science division, which has no military significance at all. But he sees the stark white of the Grand Admirals and the people that work in the ISB. Is it the ISB? I think that's that's the like the CIA version of the Empire, uh-huh. where uh, they wear white, and you know that's all in, it's all intelligence based. And so, since he's intelligence based. I'm going to wear white. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I love that. I love that. But yeah, the, but yeah Rogue One, Rogue One I, I, don't, I don't enjoy it until the, the final run with, you know, with the, on, um, on, on Scarif. Scarif, on, on Planet Scarif. All of that. Okay, now it feels. And then that moves into, you know, the, sorry, the, that moves into the, you know the scene that everybody loves those 60 seconds of Vader yeah. and and then lay on the tentative four yeah yeah well i love um real quick i just to go into it a bit like i love a, a lot of the stuff like the the kind of like moral questioning that rogue one raises um you know both with kind of how jen sees the universe and and the responsibilities that one has within a universe as well as, uh, you know, of course, the the kind of moral ambiguity that's raised with the rebellion, and it's that sort of stuff that really attracts me to to Rogue One. I, plus, I, I I love a lot of the characters. Um, a lot of you know, I've said this before, but like a, a lot of the characters seem more like Star Wars to me than a lot of characters have up until Rogue One. Like K two S O reeks of Star Wars to me. Um, you know, the Bayes and Chirrut relationship, et cetera. So uh, the thing I love most about Rogue One, uh, ironically, uh, are the characters. Where, whereas, you know, it's, it's the lack of character development to sell it for you guys with Jen is 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 a, is a issue. And I understand but, where you're coming from there. I do. Everyone has an arc, and everyone has pretty good character development because the way they talk, the way they act, and the actions they take represent their character, where I don't get that from Jin because her character is to be cold and reserved and distant. So I need to see her do stuff and, and instead of act it or say it because her, her character doesn't act or say it. It, uh, it. it does actions in order to portray what she's all about. Unlike Chirrut and Baze, who are all about brotherhood, the Force, Maybe not being such a disciple of the Force, K two S O. You know, his he has probably the most dialogue in the whole film because he doesn't shut up. Right. And and his relationship with Cassian that that builds that. Even Galen, uh, you understand his motivations because, you know, uh, Krennic kills his wife, and in order to keep his daughter safe, he rejoins the Empire, but he secretly 
plants this this faulty this faulty crack in the glass to right. to take it all down. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but, but but and I would I would love to talk about Rogue One more. But, but yeah, so Just let's let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> let's move on to Episode Eight. The 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 more the you know as we say the controversial one. Yeah. Now with Episode Eight, I think a lot of people who don't like it, there is a chance that they don't like it because the movie just doesn't appeal to them. But it might also be who they go see the film with. I know I've seen movies with people by myself. And my reaction to it is different than when I see it with people. For episode eight, I flew to Canada to see my friend that I haven't I hadn't seen in seven years. So I flew from California to to Canada. My cousin Diego moved, uh, flew from San Diego. Justin flew from New York because he's going to law school. My friend Chris moved from Montana, and all of us met up in Canada so we could all see it together. Because that that is where I get my Star Wars fix right now. We have this little D and D group where we just talk about star wars or anything that's going on and so we thought we have to see this movie together so we can get the most out of it and you know and and, and i upset my wife by doing that because you know i i just started getting her into star wars and now i abandoned her for episode eight <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but i wasn't able to go to canada to see episode seven so i didn't want to miss out on episode eight and then episode nine they're going to come here and stay with me to see nine and go to galaxy's edge and stuff but I, we went to go see it and it was spoiled for me on Instagram that Yoda was in the movie. I had already had an inkling because Frank Oz, the voice, was on the red carpet. But I thought, he's a, he's a master puppeteer. He's just probably there because there's a puppet in the movie. But I saw on Instagram about five minutes before I saw the movie, Sunday morning, that Yoda was in the movie. Mm. Someone, had, someone had posted a screenshot from a Chinese bootleg. And I was so upset that I saw that before walking in because I usually try to go in blind. Like I'll hear rumors and, and stuff because usually those, well, they're based in fact, but they, they, they're not 100%. Right, Here's right, right. a screenshot of Yoda next to Luke, and I was so upset about it. But going into it, I was – right away, I was, I was taken aback by how Luke threw the lightsaber over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Right away, that put me in a certain mood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like – like I, I like I, I don't understand, but uh, like I said, when I watch movies, I tr- I turn my brain off. I don't analyze anything unless something sticks out. Him throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder really took me out of it. But uh-huh. then I'm just like, no, sh- stop, stop, just just watch the movie. Right. And then I enjoyed the rest of the movie. I and, and I love I love I love all of Star Wars, and I I enjoy I really I really love Last Jedi. I haven't seen it as many times as. I, I should have to be able to analyze it like I have the previous films, but there are there are things that I do love. You know, Luke throwing everything away because he failed to to to, to train to to train uh, Kylo. Uh-huh. I buy it. Yeah, me too. Dude. I, I, I I buy it because it, who are you if you can't even keep your nephew? Safe, it, 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 uh, safe, and out of out of crime. It, it, it's like it, it's like kind of like kind of like parenting. Like I don't have kids, but I raised my little brother like if he was my son. Right. And if my brother got involved in drugs or crime, that would be I would feel like that's a reflection on me as much as my parents. Sure. Because I helped to raise this kid, and so your sister gives you this kid, and you're so over here drinking your own Kool Aid 
that you you don't notice that he's being tempted by the dark side and he's taken over by the dark side. Exactly. And then when and then you get the three the three versions of what happened that night, and finally you realize that he pulled that lightsaber on him out of out of habit, out of because you know it just it just boom. Yeah. I'm just, I I feel the darkness whip out my lightsaber. I feel the darkness whip out my lightsaber. Right. I, and I, then I, and, I, and then he realizes his mistake in the moment, but it was too late because that's all Kylo needed to to to, 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 to fully turn. Yep. Oh, and then going back to Episode Seven. When 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 it's revealed that Kylo's name is Ben, my heart skipped a beat. For Han and Leia to name him Ben must have taken so much out of Han's character to be like, yeah, I buy it. Just like in that movie where he says, you know, it's all real, all of it, the Jedi, the Force. Right. Like to name his kid Ben, I, I my heart skipped a beat at that moment. It was like it was such a good little moment that doesn't mean anything to anyone else except for people that love Star Wars. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And so on in episode eight, I, I get that the casino scene was too long. I did feel that it dragged. Yeah. But that's the only thing I don't like about the casino scene, that we're there for too long. Like in Empire, they're in that asteroid and on Bespin for way too long. Leia's over here eating grapes, laying on this couch while she, before Chewie finds C-3PO. I just recently watched like all the movies with my wife. And my wife had mentioned, why are they still here? Why haven't they taken off? Yeah, and they, obviously it's because they, uh, Chewbacca can't find three PO, but once three PO shows up, they should take off. But that's the moment that the Lando shows up. He's like, "Oh, come have dinner with me." Yeah, but they are. But uh, overstaying your welcome is a part of Star Wars in 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 certain places. You know, Obi Wan overstays his welcome on Camino, and that that starts the fight with him and Boba. <clears throat> when, but. Yeah, that's the only thing probably that sticks out to me on episode eight that I don't like. Yeah, that, I, the, I, I agree. I think it goes there too a couple long. beats too long. Yep. Like how they how they how they get off the planet, the whole thing with the Faviers. I don't I don't mind any of that. It just it, it just it needs to go a little quicker. Yeah. Maybe that maybe when all of the aliens are getting showcased to cut a little bit of that out, but I don't I don't mind it at all. I agree. So I just learned something during – we took a little break there for our listeners, and I just learned something very um, jarring, but we're going to circle back to that. Let's get Solo. Let's get Solo checked off our list. Okay. I've only seen Solo twice. My wife does not like it because Han Solo is only Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. so she she absolutely doesn't like it. I enjoyed it. I, going into it, I was just hoping they didn't do everything. Which is him getting the Falcon, the Kessel Run, and the Life Debt. I was hoping they wouldn't jam everything into one movie, and you know they they, they did for the most part. We don't know, you know, like you guys said before, the the Life Debt. We don't know if that's still a thing or not. You know, it's mentioned in Chuck Wendig's uh, uh, e- newer EU books, but we don't know if if if, Chew, if him pulling him out of that cage is the Life Debt. Uh-huh. Uh, I I definitely really enjoy. Uh, Lando's robot, the the female robot. Oh, the L three, L three, L three. Yeah, <clears throat> I have her action figure somewhere. I just I, I, I her, her name escaped me. One of my favorite scenes in Solo is when she's sitting there talking to uh, the Daenerys Targaryen. I don't remember her name. <laughs> uh, and she's just like talking to her and just pushing all these levers and buttons, and, like without even looking. Like, yeah, this is my ship. I know how to how to how to drive her. 
like all smooth. Like it's it, it's such a cool like you know second hand because she's a robot and she understands the ship being a robot. And then her being added to the ship, that's so cool. Because later on, you know, there's all of these moments in Star Wars where you see the screen behind them and that's you know that's l3 or when c3po is like your 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 ship has a very peculiar speech pattern the way it speaks to me it's because it's like this 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 you know jive turkey kind of woman that's all about freeing the droids well that's why the hyperdrive never works she just doesn't like him yeah she's just like no forget you (laughs) put 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 some of that juice in in the hyperdrive make it work that way yeah (laughs) but I, I enjoy Solo. Because, uh, I enjoy that he's like this. Same thing with Luke. Same thing with Anakin and all these other characters. He's just a guy trying to get off the planet. He has all of these high hopes. I'm going to be a pilot. Um, and, and then the world starts to crush him into despair. Like he joins the M- Empire and like, nah, you're not going to be a pilot. So we're going to make you a grunt and now go to this mud planet. And he has his reservations, you know, like, aren't we the invading force? Stuff right, like that. Right, right, <clears throat> And, um, but you, you were know, good. Uh, you were good. You were good. You were, so where does that, I, I, I'm almost curious because of your, your kind of non-conventional, you know, tastes, like where you would rank the movies from, from least favorite to, to most favorite or, or vice versa. Like, I would be curious to hear that. That, that that's hard because and i'm not I sure it's fair look, i i agree it's hard it's definitely and I'm not, not sure. fair yeah because you don't because you obviously you, you don't put it in the aspect of best to worst you put it in favorite to the one i don't watch as much and solo would be at the very bottom because i've only seen it twice i've been meaning to rewatch it but it's difficult to to find time with my wife to watch it together right or even watch it by myself because there's so many other things that i want to see um, but at the very top, it, it would be episode three, followed by probably A New Hope, Force Awakens, Empire, and off the top of my head, I wouldn't be able to rank the rest. I would have to write it down. Right. But but definitely at the very top, it's episode three. That's the one. When I feel like watching Star Wars, that's the one I watch. I put that one on, and it doesn't matter if I've. It starts from where the last time I started watching it because I have it on my phone. I have it through Google Play, so I can just watch it whenever. Uh, if I'm driving, I can just listen to it. I've watched it so many times. I see the movie in, in, the, in the back of my eyelids. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, I, I know, I know, I know those feels. Um, but but solo solo is a lot of fun. It, I just wish they didn't cramp jam packs so much into it because there's so much stuff that can there's so much breathing room in that movie that could lead to 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 more adventures like you guys talk about the shadow of the empire book and soundtrack and video game is the shadow of the empire yes the the guy that's like han solo's rival in that book he was supposed to be in solo as a background character or his ship was at least i think uh in one of the books i think it's uh solo last shot it mentions that his ship is at the bar when they go look for lando so that character exists in the new canon he's just not the same character from before so you know then that could lead to possibilities of a solo part two and stuff like that which if they ever get around to making for theaters or for disney plus well maybe we'll find out that dash rendar is the mandalorian who knows dash rendar that's his name (laughs) but yeah solo is a lot of fun I needed more Woody Harrelson. He was so good in that film as the mentor, as a shadow of what Han could become. Right. 
and and for the and you know, and he does become like him, but you know, obviously more optimistic because of the path that 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 he takes with with the with the rebellion. Yeah. Now I think that like that that movie does some. It does some instrumental things in regard to building who Han Solo is. I just, I just, I guess, I guess my problem with that is I don't know how enjoyable I find that movie to be. And I know it's supposed to be fun. Like, I know that's part of what it's supposed to do. I'm not sure uh-huh. how much of it is effective for me. Yeah, it's fun, but it doesn't do enough to expand that time of his life. Like, obviously, you don't want them to jam pack. Uh, original trilogy stuff into that movie, but you want to see his footprint on right. things as as he's becoming who he's going to become. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it's kind of a safe movie. Would you agree? Like, it's very yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very safe because, like I said, I've only seen it twice. I have no urge to watch it again because nothing, nothing like oh my god happens into in it. Like right. like in Rogue, like in Rogue One. I don't love Rogue One. But that's how they get the plans to the Death Star. It has an impact on the bigger nine films. Right. Where Solo doesn't really have an impact on Episode Four. Right. Yeah. No. I feel that. I, yes. Exactly. And and not only Episode Four, but you know, even even the stuff that it does for that character, like I don't know how much better we are for having known it. Yeah. Um. And where are you now? Where like how do you feel about the Mandalorian? How do you feel about? Uh, nine. Like, wh- where's your level of excitement as a fan? Uh, I'm excited for Mandalorian. Uh, just like with Game of Thrones, I'm gonna try to make uh, a TV night with my cousins. Um, when the season starts for Game of Thrones, when when it was on, the first few episodes we would watch it together. Everyone would come to my house and we would watch it live. Ha- you know, half pizza or or Kentucky Fried Chicken or whatever. Right. And, and we'd watch it and hang out, and it's something that we could do every week together because it's going to be a weekly thing. If they put the Mandalorian on a Sunday, there's a good chance I'll be able to do that again. But now it's with Star Wars, which makes it better. Right, right, right. <clears throat> I'm uh, excited for the Mandalorian to see to see that that time period because, you know, one of the things that we haven't even had a chance to talk about that I love is the Empire. I love, like, I'm I, I'm not I don't love that like I don't love the Empire. It's just I so far it. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. hate it. But the way that it's structured, the military and political aspect of it, it fascinates me to no end. Like that, That's why I recommend people read the Extended Universe books, the new ones, especially the ones that I've mentioned with Tarkin in them, because it explains the universe and how the Empire works as a background story. And I love it so much. Anytime I get this, these little nuggets of information about how the Empire works, I love it, which is something that we still haven't gotten from – the first order other than star wars bloodline where you where you learn that there's these centrists and that there's these there's, there's these other people in the new senate yes that want to bring the empire back with uh with, with all these people that just like luke in episode eight says that with the removal of the jedi you know their stories are romanticized and deified but the, the the Senate does the same thing with the Empire. Oh, the days of the Empire. That's when everybody was making money. Everybody right, right, was right, so right. much everyone was so much safer when the Empire was around. And that's what leads to the first order coming back. But it's not enough. I need more of of of, of it. And it doesn't have to be in the movies. It can be in books, but I need more. I need an answer. And that's what I hope Nine gives me a little taste of. Like just nuggets. I don't need full explanations. Right. I, right. I, 
In episode nine, the things that I want, the things I don't expect anything, because when you expect stuff, that's when it, when when movies let you down. Right. But things that I want is I don't want R two D two to die. That's the, that's a big one for me. R two D two for me is such an important part of Star Wars because he's there to see it all and he has it all archived inside of him. Correct. He's so he's so important to Star Wars. I don't want R2 to die, which I think he is because he's in none of the promotional stuff and he's they don't use him in any of these films. They don't they don't use R2 because yeah. he has BB8. <clears throat> I don't want Kylo to die because then that's it. The last Skywalker is gone. Yeah. You know my, my fa- one of my favorite parts of episode 8 is when Kylo tells Rey this isn't your movie. This yeah. is my movie. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah, yeah. matter. You're 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 just another character in my movie. And you know, Kathleen Kennedy drove it into people that Star Wars is a Skywalker story. Yeah. So if Kylo dies, I'm going to be so bummed out because the bloodline dies. Right, right. And it doesn't right. matter if you never see a Skywalker ever again. But knowing that they're out there is enough. It's for enough. Me. Yes, I agree. Knowing that Kylo continued the either the solo Skywalker line. That's enough for me to know that they're there. I agree. Even if we never see him again. I agree. So yeah, I don't want I don't want Archie to die. I don't want Kylo to die. And I need I want to know where you know we're not going to get this, but I want to know where Boz got Anakin's saber. Where did where was it? How did she get a hand of it? You know, yeah, they yeah. haven't even, they haven't even given us a a maybe answer in the comics or the extended universe. It's just there. Yeah. Like we know how we got the helmet. There's a story that shows that 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 Kylo, through a third party, ordered ordered a bounty hunter to go hunt down the hel- Vader's helmet. So we know that how he got that, but we don't know where the saber came from. How did she get it? That's probably the only thing that I want to know that we'll never know. Yeah, but, but I just don't want R two to die. I don't want to. I, I don't want Kylo to die. And I want the. I, wa- I do want the movies to end well, but how? How? What does that mean? I don't know. Yeah, I, I hear you there. Because I think it's you know I th- I think it's hard to say exactly what end well means until you see how it ends and then you're either I think satisfied by that or not satisfied you know and then picking apart why, um, but I, I agree with you. So when we took a little break, I heard that you've never actually seen these movies in their original format, the original trilogy. Like you've no. always seen the special editions. So you were saying like. Go ahead and mention some of those things that, like, while listening to previous episodes of Force Sensitive, have been bizarre to hear. So you guys talk about Boba Fett having his voice changed mm-hmm. to to the actor that was Django, and I, I I personally like that because I don't know what Boba Fett sounded like before that change. Right. To me, it's always Django's voice. All of the clones are Django. If you guys talk about Lapty Neck, I don't know what Lapty Neck is. <laughs> All I know is you have, you have that's no idea. You have no idea how unfortunate. I have no that idea, is. and I've been and I've been meaning to look it up, but here here in uh, here in Los Angeles, there's a movie theater called the New Beverly, owned by uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a rumor that he has a 35 millimeter copy of Star Wars. That he purchased uh, in an auction, and I'm waiting for him to screen it because at the New Beverly they only do film. They don't no digital film movies are shown there. That's cool. And and sometimes he he does like little Q and A's where he comes out and he'll say, "We're about to watch this movie. This is why I think this movie is important." You watch it, and then he comes out and explains 
all of the t- all of the movies that stole from this movie, and it's like a movie that no one has ever seen, but right. your favorite director has seen it. Right, 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 right. But <clears throat> I, uh, I, I really hope that he shows Star Wars eventually, because I, I'm curious to see what everyone talks about with seeing it original, no, no do-backs, no CG, no Jabba the Hutt, in a, without these little tweaks and stuff that have been throughout everything that I know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and with that, Gord, do you want to move into some questions? Uh, sure. Esteban, what is your favorite lightsaber color? My favorite lightsaber color is green because of Qui-Gon. But if I was in Star Wars, my, my saber would be yellow. Why yellow? Because of the video games. I, I, I thought in any video game where you get to pick your color, like the Force Unleashed, the yellow lightsaber just looks really cool for, to me. In, in Knights of the Old Republic, I had a yellow and a purple. Uh, what is your favorite line of dialogue from Anakin Skywalker? Uh, my favorite line is yeah. probably, it's probably when, when, he, when he's fighting with, with Obi Wan. That that whole back and forth, that that whole back and forth, where he's just running on pure adrenaline. Um, you know, I have brought peace to my new empire. Yeah, your new yeah. empire. Your new empire. And he kind of, you can tell which ones are first takes and which ones are second or third takes because you can tell when he's just like, I am riled up. Because <laughs> when he goes, you will try my master. That's a third take. Yeah, he yeah. is not into that line as much as he is <laughs> the other ones. But that that whole back and forth is probably I I. I that's my go-to for for Anakin. I'll have to send you a link to something after the show uh, in regards to that line. In, in a, it's it's a video. I'll put it up on the uh, Facebook page. Okay. It, it's like a compilation trailer, but they they have all this uh, overlay of scenes of the Empire just destroying everything while he's talking about like you know like peace and shit. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, who is your favorite pod racer? Uh, it's Anakin, young Anakin oh. Skywalker. Uh, that's like cheating, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you you got that. You got that's that. The only, that's the only one I care about. <laughs> A local boy, Anakin Skywalker, coming on down. Yeah. Now, if you were if you were cruising around, who would be your co-pilot? Um, it'd be R two. All right, cool. He's got the coordinates to a lot of interesting places. I bet. Yeah, he knows everything, and he has that little tool that he plugs into everything. <laughs> the Mr. Fix It. Uh, what is your favorite Star Wars creature? Oh my! Oh the the um ad, ad, uh, the Mon Calamari. No, 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 not 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 like an alien. Well, I guess that uh, kind of uh, counts. But I, I mean, like like a monster. Like a monster? Yeah. A monster. It's probably the. I had it as a kid. The or well, I, I guess I was in junior high. The the praying mantis from Attack of the Clones. I, I really like that that giant thing. Oh, the uh, like the spider, Ackley. the spider thing, the Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, what is the worst Anakin moment? The worst Anakin moment oh, when when he falls off of that giant tick. <laughs> <laughs> when he's like, it, it's in a, in a, it's a it's a combination of the CG. And you know his poor acting of being trampled. I've seen people being trampled by a horse. That you know he would have been, 
he, he needed to overact like he does in other scenes for for that to sell because that thing is like all gaseous so if it would have stomped him it wouldn't have laid him on the floor but when he's surfing on that thing on on Naboo, i that i, I cringe every time i see it because it, yeah. he's like maybe as a californian i see surfers as well so i i know that his stance is all wrong <laughs> and, I, I, and i and i skateboard as well so yeah that's funny yeah, I, I like that you called it a tick. My uh, sister used to call them ass bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, or, or or when he floats the CG apple to Padme, and, she, and, and the apple disip- the the pear disappears before she takes the bite out of it because the CG <laughs> is clipped wrong. <laughs> uh, force feeding, uh, Bobby. What do you got? Um, to be honest with you, man, like I'm I'm, I'm actually uh, mine's more of an open ended. Like, is there because I, I really love these little nuggets that you've been able to nitpick and kind of dissect and and sort of come up with your own interpretation of why things are what they are. Are there any that you've like you kept a ship there in episode three? Exactly. Yeah. Are there any that you that you that you have that you've kept that uh, like that you've kept in your pocket and and have not uh-huh. mentioned? Because yeah, I was about to unload. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was talking, I was telling Gord about this. It's just like I know there's tons of things that I'm missing because I'm so excited because I never get to talk about Star Wars like this. Right. And, but that 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 the yellow one is definitely the first one that comes to mind. Um, I I I, I know there are others like little li- little little callbacks, but there's there's not when you when you put me on the spot, I, there's nothing I can think of. Gotcha. But I'm sure as soon as I hang up, I'll I'll remember. So, what has been your favorite, uh, your top three favorite reads of the new EU? Because it sounds like you've gotten into that pretty heavy. Um, uh, the oh, that's difficult. Well, de- uh, in no particular order, mm-hmm. Star Wars Bloodline. Yeah, that's my Star favorite. Wars, that's my favorite. It's so good because it, it it talks about Leia's potential with the Force, and it explains how a ninety pound girl could choke out a two-ton slug because she tapped into the dark side of the force yeah um you know it that i i wish that book would have said that she had a lightsaber that she doesn't use she kind of alluded to it when her and i think it's holdo when they're talking in her office about just leaving the senate and going off with han she talks about opening this the drawer in her desk and i'm like is there a lightsaber in that drawer please tell me there's a lightsaber in that drawer right and and uh, the the way that oh sorry my my water bottle fell, the way that the universe finds out that yeah. General Leia Organa is Darth Vader's daughter, yep. and it's such a good moment. Claudia Gray, she's so good at 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 at, at climaxes and and really showing you how a character thinks, especially with Leia. She also has a. Uh, Another Star Wars book, uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, but it, it's a young adult book, so it's like 200 pages. It's a quick read. It talks about Holdo, which that book kind of ruins Holdo for me because um, she makes her – it's just a car- – she makes her like a carbon copy of um, of a character from Harry Potter. Uh, the, the – damn it. The – well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> the, I would recommend I, – I, I know what character you're talking about. I can't Luna Lovegood. Yeah. Luna Lovegood. Yeah. So Haldo doesn't have purple hair. She dyes it on purpose because oh. her pla- her planet is like Alderaan, where it's very much about the arts. 
and and you have to fit into a specific box. But she's like, no, I want to fit in. I want to fit everywhere. So she colors her hair as a little bit of rebellion, which I I, I didn't like that. I, I I thought it was cool that her hair was purple. Just I just like thought it was purple. Yeah, me yeah, too. I would I would have liked it if she kept it that way, but in the books she's constantly changing her hair. And they, but maybe they never explained that her what color her hair is. Another book I recommend people reading is Star Wars Catalyst, especially if you do or don't like Rogue One, simply because it makes Galen, Krennic, and Tarkin a much more interesting characters. There's uh, there's a small part in the book that's probably my favorite. I'll explain it real quick. There's a part where it's in the middle of the Clone War. Galen has told Krennic and Tarkin that, no, I'm not going to come work for either of you guys. I'm going to continue to hop from planet to planet and work for different governments and organizations that can help me make this synthetic kyber crystal. And out of nowhere, uh, oh, oh, Galen and his wife and Jin are – or Galen and his wife are constantly arguing about the safety of their family being in the mid-rim closer to the outer rim. And at this point, they go for a they go for a morning walk while Galen is in the office. And out of out of nowhere, there's a blitzkrieg of droids that bombard the planet. And Galen has this panic of where's my wife? Where is my child? He finds them and he's running, and they're just just chaos and explosions, and these pods fall from the sky with clone with uh, clones and droids, and there's battle and there's destruction. And there's this point where Galen's like, we have to run to the outskirts of the town and we'll run into the forest. But he messes up and he runs into an area that's forested, but it's a mud wall. It's like a mudslide area. And the droids are coming and he looks up to the sky and screams, why? What is going on? What is this madness? And then all the droids fall to the ground because someone destroyed the central part of the blockade. And it's like this high octane moment of of the blitzkrieg just like in world war ii that is so well written that you're in the moment and that's the point where he decides okay i will take your offer krennic to work on your your kyber crystal project for unlimited energy for the galaxy not for a weapon it's it's originally disguised as unlimited energy for everyone but he's but he wants it free for everyone not in the hands of the republic he doesn't want it to be monetized do, he wants it free do they cover in any way the uh the fact that the geonosians designed it like do they tap into that at all like I, i've always been curious like because it seems like they in, just sort of overlook that you know what i mean in, in the clone war cartoon you know, Saul Guerrero is constantly on the Geonosian planet trying to figure out stuff. Well, no, no, Same no, 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 no. I mean, I mean with Galen. Oh, with Galen? No. In Thrawn, I think actually in this book, they explain a little bit that the Geonosians uh, are a planet that they want to get because of the workforce. But they don't really talk about the Death Star in the Thrawn books, which is that's probably my third book that I recommend everyone read. The new Thrawn books, which is Thrawn. You can skip the second one because the second one is just a flashback, almost like a commercial. I, I, I don't love the Thrawn alliance because it's about the first time that Thrawn and Anakin meet each other out in, the, in, in, the, in wild space. And it's a commercial for Disneyland because they land on Batu, which is the planet that you visit at Disneyland. Uh, I gotcha. Uh, so, I, it, so it's very shoehorned. There are a few moments but you could tell that Timothy Zahn does not love Anakin because it's 100% episode three Anakin 
I'm I, I'm emotional. I'm angry. I'm I'm cold. It's none of the Clone Wars Anakin where he's where he's a lot warmer. He cares about the clones and stuff. It's very much I I'm here on a mission to find Padme because she's lost out there in the middle of nowhere. And then Thrawn treason, dude, it is so good. It is such a good movie. It is like it has aspects of like Hunt for Red October and espionage, and the whole thing is about Thrawn's allegiance to the emperor and through his people who are out in the unknown regions of space and in all of these three books it, along with the tarkin book if you guys if you guys love tarkin you have to read these books because it explains that the galaxy you know everyone knows it's, it's separated into the center the the mid rim and the outer rim the uh, the unknown regions and wild space but the the military the way they slice up the galaxy tarkin was the first grand moff which like the planet has a governor. Uh, each planet has a governor. Uh, a moff is in charge of a certain amount of governors and their planets, and then the grand moff is in charge of all of the moffs. So once Tarkin cut his perfect slice of the galaxy for him to organize and manipulate and take of all of the resources, he convinced the 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 emperor to to give three more grand moffs. So there's three grand moffs. There's four grand moffs. There's 20 moths which take care of all of the governors. So the like it, it gives so much structure to how the empire works in the galaxy right. and how just like I do it first, I take what I want, and here is the rest for everyone else. And that's why he wants the Death Star from Krennic because he mapped out the entire galaxy in order to build it. So now it should be mine. Huh. That's interesting. It's so it's so good. It's so good. So those are the three books that I highly recommend everyone check out. Um, I'm I'm about to read Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice about Obi Wan and Qui Gon, which anything she comes out with, I'll read because she's really good. She knows Star Wars in and out. Um, another question I have is: Could you just for let's say five minutes or so talk about because you've been to Galaxy's Edge? Okay. Um. And we haven't had anyone on this show that has been since we've had them on the show. So tell us a little bit about it in your okay, opinion. So I have, I have a Disney annual pass, so I can go whenever I want. Right now it expired, so my wife and I are just trying to get our, our Disney pass back. Anybody that goes to Galaxy's Edge, look at the map and see where the farthest point from the, from the, from the Manelian Falcon is. To get into it, because that's how you really have to experience it. Slowly, little by little. When you walk in the way they want you to walk in, you walk into this deserted kind of area. It's a little, a little walkway with a bridge. It's all trees and stuff. There's no music. It's just a little bit of birds. And then you see it. You see a, a, an X-wing. You see an A-wing. And then you see like uh, the entrance to the, the the new bride that's going to come out. And in there, you see Poe Dameron's X-Wing, and you see like a hammerhead warship and stuff like that. But that's not available yet. As you keep moving, you see the little stores that, that are there selling like the tchotchkes, and then you get to the bazaar. So up to the bazaar and the entrance that I explained is where Rey and Chewbacca are. Chewbacca sometimes goes all the way to the Falcon to take pictures with people, but Rey only stays from the entrance to the bazaar. She never goes to the other side because that's the rebel side, and the other side is the First Order. The bazaar looks like you walk into that scene in Jakku. You're immediately immersed in these little stores that sell actual products, that you, the Star Wars products, 
but there's apartments above the stores. There's water tanks that have that creature from the Death Star the, the, that purifies the water. There's there's like there's hanging from the, from rails the thing that you that uh, Jabba the Hutt eats those frog things that he spits to hit the gong. Right, right, right. The, you're 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 immediately in the in 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 Rogue One essentially kind of. The, the the marketplace and you know you walk in and the disbelief disappears because now there's actual things to buy you pass the stores and there's the little the first little restaurant there's this giant pod racer uh engine that's spit firing this giant piece of meat and you can buy your food there and then you walk and there is the antique store where where you buy all of the best stuff that's in galaxy's edge that's where i got your statues and a lot of people buy like the legacy lightsabers and crystals to change out the color right next to the antique store. There's the build your own lightsaber place, but everything is hidden. Everyone is in character. You are not at Disneyland. You are now in California. You are on, but this is galaxy's edge. We are in wild space. We're on the edge of the unknown regions and the maps. Uh, the galaxy's edge in the books refers to the places that you have to actually travel to. There is no hyperlanes. Or no hypers- uh, hyperspace lanes to jump to the planet. You have to land somewhere where the Empire or whoever has landed, and then actual travel, travel to the place hours to get to the place to get to it. Hmm. And one, you know, and then so the the place where you make your own lightsaber, they're pretending to be junkyard people, like like uh, like uh, uh, like uh, Wado, like, like, oh, we just hunt junk, and the First Order stormtroopers are constantly patrolling the junkyard. Like, oh, what's going on over here? Oh, no, we just buy and sell scraps, you know, for food and for credits. And then they walk away, and, you know, you can continue to your, your transaction to go into the store to make your lightsaber. There's the droid shop where there is just a bunch of people in character, uh, you know, living on Batu, helping you make your own little droid. There's the first order area, which you know, there's this giant store. This first order store, but there is um, a, a, a prototype ship that's kind of like uh, Kylo's ship, and you know, Kylo Ren is walking around to take pictures with people, but he's he's like a dick to you, you know, when he when he walks around with stormtroopers, he he's there for business. He's looking for Ray. He's looking for rebel scum. There is an there is a unique character is an African American lady with I think purple and a blue and orange hair. Uh, she's she's supposed to be Princess Leia's top spy, and she's on Batu uh, ret- uh, recruiting rebels because you know after Episode Eight, uh, the Rebel Alliance has been kind of or the Resistance has been annihilated. So we're looking for rebels. She hands out stuff to kids to you know, b- b- bring them into the universe a little more. And then, and then there's the cantina, which you know, which when you walk in there, it's pretty cool. The only problem is there's you know there's no aliens. The the the, the thing that lacks about Galaxy's Edge is there's no aliens. It's just people. And you know, if you're out in the in the middle of space, there has to be aliens on your planet other than Chewbacca. And then there's the Falcon. And when you see the Falcon, your jaw drops because it is a one-to-one scale Falcon. Right. As soon as you pass the cantina. There it is. Like, if both of you ever go to either Disneyland or Disney World, I, I suggest you, you enter the park this way. You enter it from the least amount of stuff to the most amount of stuff because that payoff at the very end, seeing the Falcon, is amazing. It, it's jaw-dropping, and you can take, you take pictures in front of it. 
walk around it, see the back, you know, the door is open. You can't go in there, obviously, because, you know, people just touch it and, and, or break stuff. But it's, it's huge, and it's so cool to see. And it's a fun place to go and hang out. The only problem that's going on right now is obviously normies don't uh, – they just see Star Wars. It's right. like, oh, cool, Star Wars. But people like us that love it, they walk in, you see stormtrooper helmets, clone trooper helmets that are just used as pots and pans to, to, for, for plants or f- to throw in rags. Uh, H- Hondo is, is, is in one of the rides, Hondo Tanaka. He's like the, the main attraction to the Millennium Falcon ride. Um, and so it's, it's, it, there's all these little things that make it amazing. And you're engulfed in it. And then at night, if you're there at night when the fireworks go off for the castle, they have a separate fireworks show for Batu, And it's, it's, it's beautiful the, how the colors splash off of the walls because everything's dark and grimy. But once it goes dark and you see these different colored uh, fireworks and it's all celebration. One of the things that tripped me out the first time I went was you hear X-Wings and TIE Fighters fly overhead. Right. So when, when you hear the noise out of nowhere, you kind of duck because it, it scares you. But it's just the noises of, of X-Wings and TIE Fighters flying overhead. And it, it's, it's super immersive. There's, there's so much thing, so many little things to sit there and enjoy other than just like go get on the ride and leave. Gotcha. I have one last question for you. Please. Um, if you could have one Star Wars prop in your home, logistics is not an issue, cost is not an issue, et cetera, et cetera, what would it be? One prop. From the movies, like that, the, the, the legit thing. I'm not sure why somebody was remixing my tongue at that point, but. The one item. It'd probably be an R2. That would be cool. I, it'd be an R, it'd be a, having R2. Uh, uh, you love like that I, character. You love that character, I, but you haven't spoken I, much I, about him today. I love R2-D2. He is, he, he's such a fun character that doesn't say anything. Like, uh, I, I, I know after the first time we left Galaxy's Edge, my wife told me after nine years of being together and a year of being married, okay, now I actually want to watch Star Wars. Because she saw how happy Galaxy's Edge made me, right. and she wanted to share that. Like she's seen it in the background, but she's never sat there and paid attention and learned people's names. And as we watched it, there were moments where she would cry because she got it, she understood it. When when R two gets blasted and he's being rem- like, that's the first time I saw her cry during the movie. R two is being removed from the X wing with uh, Luke, and C three PO says, "Master, if there are any of my parts that will help him, and I'll, I'll gladly give them away." And my wife looks at me and goes, "He loves him so much." <laughs> <laughs> and like I got a I got a little sense of it when when you know when they say goodbye and it's like R two, please come back. You don't want me to be. You know, alone, do you, or boring? There is something like extremely rewarding about being with someone that you love and seeing them have an emotional reaction to those movies, like the same way that you do. I just had it recently with Jaina when we were watching Rogue One, and Cassian said to Jen, Your father would be proud. And like, I could see her body shake from crying, you know? Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit, that's fucking awesome. You when, know, like, when Chewbacca. 
when when Chewbacca roars as as Han Solo is lowered into the carbonite freeze, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a moment when my wife started crying because because it's that connection that 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 bond yep. that you see on screen where she's like, yeah, they they care about each other. It's his buddy. Yeah, it's his friend. It's not just like some people say a guy and his dog. It's his best friend. Right. Yeah. But well, sometimes yeah, that but, can be but, a guy and his dog too, though. To be fair, it can be, but it's. It, 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 <laughs> But it, it, it's like if the dog could talk, right? It's, it's, right. Yeah. It's exactly. That, it's that extra. Exactly. Exactly. And then later on, you know, you you add that emotional stuff to it's it's Kylo's it's Kylo's uncle Chewbacca's his uncle, and he shoots him. There's like this little web comic that someone drew. Oh yeah. That I, yeah. Headcanon yeah. where Chewbacca's gonna take a headshot because Chewbacca never misses. Right. He's gonna take a headshot, and he has a flashback of growing up with his kid, so he shoots him in the stomach. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that, that comic, and, that comic, that comic hits hits hard. Yeah, and, and the, even and, and it's super scary. cartoony, so like it shouldn't hit hard, but it does. Yeah, it shouldn't. But but because you're a fan and you've experienced those moments and you know what these characters should mean to each other, it means more. Yeah. But but my love of R two is just, you know, I I see R two as the boy and his dog more than I see Han and Chewbacca because Han R two is Anakin's dog. He's Luke's dog, and I just I wish he was also Ray's dog. Yeah. But she doesn't want the old dog. She wants the new dog. She wants the puppy. Yeah. And that might actually end up meaning something. I think when this is all said and done, the um, how so I take it that your wife is taking to the movies, so I'm like really watching them for the first time. Yeah, we haven't watched the sequels again yet. Like in a row, I'm waiting. She, the prequels. She saw that the prequels were really kiddish. She's like, Th- those movies are much more different right. than the original trilogy. So we haven't gotten back into it um, uh, because, like I said, my friends from Canada and Montana and New York are coming. Right. We're going to marathon all of the movies before going to C9. Oh, wow. Good for you guys. So, so we'll, we'll, she'll, she'll rewatch the prequels, I mean, the, the sequels that way. That's awesome. Well, Esteban, thank you for coming on today and and sharing your stories i love your passion i love your excitement and i love your your kind of dissection and analyzation of of these little sequences and and little nuances and and deck decor that that ends up meaning so much more to you and now and now subsequently more to me uh so i, I do appreciate you coming yeah. on and sharing yeah that i know Thank you for if you guys for having me. There's so much more Star Wars to talk about. We didn't even touch on Rebels and uh, what the what the chamber did to the to Star Wars. We didn't talk about uh, you know the there's just so much. There's so much yep. Star Wars to love and just doesn't get talked about because obviously the movies are the focus. Right, I agree. The focus. Um, yeah, they steal it away. Gort, do you have anything? Any last words to say? so to speak i do not but esteban thank you for coming on to the show and i think you've opened up our eyes as well as the listeners to plenty of things to look for in the movies like just trinkety nugget things like yeah. really the naboo fighter thing like that's gonna stick with me like i want to i, I, I want to watch that movie right now yeah me too and, and, and i hope so because i was so nervous to come out here because everyone's star wars story is so interesting i thought oh man mine is so plain no. Uh, it's, it's going to be, it's not going to be a good listen. No, no, no. But, no, I, but no, I'm glad that you guys listen. pulled everything out of me that I could, that I could cram <laughs> into this podcast. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right. Well, thank you guys. And we will be back before you know it.